Hey, welcome to the Coach Bo Knows Podcast in the studio of Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the undisclosed location of the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. You can check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OADKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Bo Knows Show is our handle. Check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bo Knows Show. Uh, you can also email us at CoachBoKnowsShow at gmail.com. This is going to be our post-Super Bowl episode, uh, episode number 25. Episode 25. Wow, we're getting actually like some serious numbers here. And I am proud to be joined by an old friend. So before I introduce him, what I'm going to say is, and how I'm going to bring my man in here is, I'm going to say, ladies, if you're in the Denver area, set your, set your tender settings to the 50 miles Pour yourself a little bit of your best rum on the front porch and magically appears. His mother named him Ricardo. We call him Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico, welcome back to the podcast, brother. How you doing? It is a pleasure to be back on the podcast. I am so happy. So you're here in studio with me. Uh, in studio. We yeah. don't do much in the studio, so yeah. I'm happy to have you here. Uh, you came over to the crib, watched the game at my house. Had a good time. Had, had, a good time. You, had you in town. It was awesome to have you. I'm so glad to get to see you. And um, man, it's a hell of a ball game, wasn't it? I, back and forth, not unexpected, but definitely thrilling all the way through. We yeah. were, you know, we were talking beforehand what we might happen, and there's some of this that actually goes all the way back to the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, the things we talked about about this season. Yeah, you know, we, we I know we were both two people without Holly of the Rams preseason. Yeah, you know, I picked the Bengals to win the game, but I was on the Rams all season long. I picked the Bengals because of Burrow. I mean, yeah, people, I, I, was very, I was very you know, transparent about that, so I'm not going to pick against my guy. But um, I'm really happy for Andrew Whitworth, OBJ. I'm so sorry OBJ got hurt in the game. Um, you know, and I'm a big LSU guy, so I'm going to LSU guys in that. But, man, I thought it was a good game overall. 23-20, Rams beat the Bengals. And, you know, it was exciting. You had a 13-10 first half yeah. game. And then it was uh, really 10-3 in the second half, or 10, 10 I'm sorry, 10, uh, 10-10 in the second half. Yeah. 13-10, then 10-10 in the second half. Yeah. So um, the Rams pull it off at the end. Stafford brings them down the field, uh, helped out with a couple of penalty calls, but I didn't think they were, like, overly terrible penalty calls. No, they just didn't go the way you wanted it to, but they yeah. weren't bad calls. No, I didn't think they, they were, were either, and I think that it's hard because I think people will – People who are Bengals fans or, you know, people who are going to make excuses for why, you know, a team lost were going to say, oh, man, this penalty or that penalty. But in the end, I thought that it was too much to ask the Bengals' defense to play as well as they did the entire game. The Bengals' defense played spectacular. They came out ready to play. They came out right off the bat going after Stafford. I, yeah. I, I, and I thought that all week long the, the conversation had always been about how would Burrow handle the Rams' defense? And really was not com- talked about was the Bengals' defense. The Bengals' defense has been on all year long. They've been a powerful defense. They've been getting after quarterbacks. They've been stopping the run. But nobody's really talking about them. And we saw that today, especially in the first half. They came out strong. They came out making a statement in the very first drive. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that um, I thought the Bengals' defense played well. I didn't think Burrow played great. Um, I don't think Stafford played great. I don't really think either offense played great. The run game was horrid. I- could not find a run game we for were, most of the most of the game at all. And we talked about that on the pod on Monday uh, last week. I said, "Man, we were previewing the game. I said the team that runs the ball better 
and, and, and if both teams are running well, or running at least decent, it'll come down to the quarterback play. But really, it, it, it came down to the running game, and neither team ran the ball well. The Rams ran the ball 23 times for 43 yards. The Bengals 20 times for 79 yards. Mixon was 15 for 72. Um, I mean, let's say he ran the ball four, four, four yards to carry. It's not terrible, but I don't think they committed to the run. I found that most of the game was, was non-existent. Well, yeah. what they, I would say that, that the Bengals were making more attempts. Yeah. And because the Rams, when they were trying, again, the Bengals' defense was stopping them, stopping them at or behind the line. They were not getting forward yeah. progress. They were not moving north-south. But that as, as much as the Bengals were running more, they weren't having the success you would expect them to have that they had been having the rest of the year. Um, so for the whole game on both sides of the ball, there really wasn't much yeah. on the ground, and it's disappointing because we were, you know, we really think that that was the key to success today. I, I really thought it was going to team to run the ball better, and and I thought I thought it was even more important for the Bengals to run the ball well because they had to keep that defensive line honest. Once the Bengals decided they weren't going to run the ball, they didn't throw a screen pass the entire game. The either. whole game. The whole game. And the Rams gave up more yardage on screen passes than any team in the NFL all season long. Um, I thought Zach Taylor as an offensive play call was pretty bad tonight. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, I, I think the really bad call. I could go back to that last possession. The Bengals get a a chance to win the game. I and I you know I predicted. I said whoever has the ball last, someone's going to have an opportunity to win the game. Mm-hmm. Whether that be you know the Rams coming down to try to catch the Bengals or the Bengals in this chance had a chance, um, I didn't say that I predicted that either would get it done. I thought the team that had the ball last. I thought it was that one score game kind of thing, and the Bengals had a chance to at least get in the field goal range. Yeah, they get the two plays. The first one to Chase, he gets out of bounds. The second one to Higgins, they get the eight yards, and you're going okay. They got a chance, and I thought the third down call was the worst play call. I'll tell you why. We talked about this as we were watching it live, but mm-hmm. they went into a two-by-two two bunch, and that brings everybody to the line of scrimmage. And if you only need two yards, I don't mind running the ball. I actually agree with running the ball, but if you can go two-by-two two and spread them, maybe you create a run lane. Yeah, even if you've got one more defender you can't block, and I understand the whole point of the bunches is to try to use those guys at a second level to get you a big play in the run game. But I think in this case, it is Drew Defenders. In. I've, I've had this argument with people for a lot. I, I agree. I completely agree. You said it as soon as they lined up. You said it right then. And I'm looking at it, and the play played out. It's like, I don't mind the formation. I would yeah. have liked those two and two spread out furthermore. Yeah. To give him a little bit of space in there because it was bunched up. Yeah. I but this is something that we've seen, especially in late games, where a situation like this arises, and it's it's not that they're not going for it. Yeah. It's the play call I don't like. Yeah. It was, I don't was, like that play call. It's not that they're not trying to run. I don't. I like the run. Yeah. And in that situation, it, I think it was third and two, mm-hmm. and there was two. still I think like forty seconds left on the clock. Forty seconds, and they yeah. still had, they still had time. time, and they had two timeouts. They so. had the time. They had the timeouts, and they were getting close to the edge of yeah. field goal range. Just get the first down because they were short on the first down the play yeah. before. Get in there. I don't mind doing that run, but I don't like the play call for yeah. it. And I would even been okay with getting under center and just running the quarterback sneak. 
it would have been better than yeah. what they did. I mean, I, I know that you're playing against that good defensive line the whole time, but I I just didn't like that play call. I didn't like the bunch formation, bringing everybody in. But the, we saw there at the end, ones. they were finally starting to stop thinking about hitting into the, the assigned gap and give them the whole, go through the holes they were given. Yeah, Mixon was... And they was, weren't doing that in the, at the very, that last drive. Yeah, that last couple drives, Mixon was able to find a couple of lanes. And, and uh, yeah, I just... I just thought that that was the biggest thing coming down. To, I mean, if you get the first down there, you call the timeout, and even if you have to go to a fourth down play for the Bengals there, mm-hmm. call the fourth down play. I let the, I would have max protected Burrow. He do some rub route or something, or even run the ball. I mean, just anything was better than just leaving him out the dry the way they did. I thought Zach Taylor did a really poor job of calling that game. I didn't. I didn't think they did enough RPO. I don't think they rolled him out to one side or the other enough. Yeah. They really should have seen. And and you saw this early on. He's sitting sitting in the pocket, seven sacks. Yeah. You know that's not going to get you a Super Bowl. But at the same time, you know you're seeing tipped passes early on as well. Yeah. Try to get a you know try to move him a little bit. Not so much to destroy the pocket or collapse the pocket, but move it along. Give him some openings to scramble a little bit. Not all the way to the outside, yeah. but give him a little chance to move with his legs to give him the passing lanes to get that defensive hands out of his face so he can make things happen. I didn't think they did that enough. Yeah. Well, that's been the Achilles of the Bengals all season has been the number of sacks. I mean, 51 sacks during the season. You had 12 during the postseason coming in. It's a record he going into the sacked, Super Bowl. He yeah. got sacked seven times this game. And everybody talked about that he was going to get sacked a lot. Yeah. And I even thought, man, he's going to get sacked three or four times. Yeah. He only had, when they kept a pretty, the Bengals kept a pretty clean pocket for the first half. He first half was good. It was, one, I sack. Think it was one sack. Yeah, one or the, two, but one sack. The Rams made a big change up front. They decided, okay, they were going to do a lot more of that three-by-one. But they did the three-by-one where they put three guys to one side or the other of the center. And then one one's going to be a pass rusher. They would put Donald in the middle of the three. Yeah, they stopped trying to get him to run outside yeah. and getting him to stunt up the middle, yeah, which stunt- was much more disruptive. Yeah, they stunted around Miller. Yeah. And, and, or not around Miller, I'm sorry, around Donald. Yeah. I'm sorry, Miller. And then they left Donald a lot, or Miller a lot, as the one. Yeah. And that helped crash in because what that allows is they made Burrow step up. Mm-hmm. I think two or three of those sacks where Burrow had to step up. Keeping him in, letting yeah. that interior, interior pressure come into yeah. play. Yeah. The right side of that offensive line is just not good at all. And, and I thought, you know, I said last year, you know, we were talking about, a lot of people that I were talking about, I this on Tyler Jones' podcast this week, he compared it to last season in the Super Bowl when the Chiefs gave a bunch of sacks. Yeah. And that really bad offensive line that was banged up and how bad they were in the game in the Super Bowl last year. I thought, I said, well, I think that the difference is that Burrow will get rid of the ball. And he did, for the most part, but there was two or three possessions where no matter what the Bengals called, they just could not get him even a two-second clean pocket. Yeah. I mean, there was multiple possessions where you had two of the three plays were sacks. Yeah. That happened three times in the it happened twice. They in the gave him no quarter. time. They, yeah. they I think they realized that if they if they left Burrow there for any more than two seconds, he was gonna get that ball out of he was gonna nail somebody. He's yeah. gonna get uh, and, and, and in this game, it wasn't about a big, you know, huge 40-yard toss. It was getting first downs. Getting first downs, yeah. keeping possession, burning that clock, especially in the second half, was a key to it. Yeah. The Rams did exactly what they needed to do to ensure that they 
that the Bengals could not do that. Yeah, on the broadcast, Chris Collinsworth said, you know, we don't expect the Bengals to really come down and drive the ball down the field. He needs to stop. And <laughs> they did it twice. Yeah. And they did it twice well. Both the touchdowns were And on they needed ball. to keep doing it. One touchdown, and then one was a field goal that they, they got right. held up in the yeah. red zone. But, um, yeah, I mean, they, I think the bigger deal was they had to do that because they weren't going to be able to get the big play. Now, they got the two big plays in the game, the early one uh, to Chase, the second one to Higgins, which I mean, could have been flagged. Um, you know, it's either here or there. Yeah, it, you know, I think that I think the Rams got more than enough makeup calls in the in the red zone the late way, in the yeah, game. Yeah. You know, it, it. We saw the replay, but we also saw that the ref was behind. Yeah. Yeah, and wasn't going to see that little, you know, that bit of a rotational yeah. face mess. That if that call was going to be made, it was being made from the other sideline, yeah. the ref on the other sideline. It wasn't going to be made uh, by anyone on that side. Um, it, we talked a lot about Burrow, and you know, everybody knows listens to this podcast. I'm a big Burrow guy; yeah. it's my dude. But let's talk about the Rams for a minute here, because let's talk about this was the team that was built completely different than any team we've seen. So. Uh, we were talking at, back at my place before we got online. We were talking about. Um, I mentioned that I thought the blueprint for this was what the Bucks did last year. The Bucks went and got Tom Brady. Yeah. And they had some young pieces already. They had, um, you know, Mike Evans and OJ Howard and, 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 and some of the defensive pieces they already had. Yeah. And they said, okay, well, let's go get some of these free agents. So they got Indomitka Sue and Leonard Fournette and, and Gronk. And Gronk, And yeah. you see these guys, they take a little less money to go play with Tom Brady. And I think that's what the Rams did here. The Rams looked at it and went, look, we're a good team. And they realized that Jared Goff was not going to be the answer at quarterback. They made a trade that is just crazy to make. And yet, it, and here we Goff. are justified. Yeah, and I think that I think everyone thought that it was a good idea from the beginning to do that. To go ahead and say, "Well, let's," um, pardon me, uh, "let's trade for Goff, trade Goff away, get Matt Stafford." You already there were a lot of people skeptical about yeah. what because in Detroit they really hadn't they had seen sparks but had not seen the potential of Matt Stafford and that's not Matt Stafford's fault that's Detroit's fault and yeah. here we are you know one year removed from that trade and it shows yeah you know you can see that he was enough I wouldn't say he's Tom Brady esque he's not Aaron Rodgers he's not a goat but it was enough it was what they needed to yeah. get over. That limit. He didn't cost him the game, and in in a way, he simply just managed it. Yeah. In a weird situation, without a run game, and you're getting pressure, he managed the game. He didn't. He, I think he threw only what two interceptions. He threw two interceptions. But he had three touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, you I know, was. He I, threw well. Yeah, and the, I think the big thing is, is that we built about how they built the team. Yeah. They built the team with okay. We went and went and got um, Stafford. You know, last year they made the trade for Ramsey. So they've traded all these picks away. Well, then they get Robert Woods gets hurt. Cam Akers was going to be the running back at the beginning of the season, and he played exceptionally good last year. Yes, he did. He gets hurt. So they go get Sony Michelle. Um, then you have um, Akers gets hurt in the preseason. So then they like uh, Daryl Henderson, who yeah. we call Henderson Daryl at our house. The reason are you get you you didn't know what me and Peyton were talking about when I said that. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, they goes Akeem Talib on his podcast. They were doing like a fantasy deal, and Akeem Talib he was he 
He's picking somebody. He goes, Henderson down. <laughs> in, in a way that just, only you just keep, reading it off last and, name and, first. And, a, and he read it last name first. Yeah. And in a way that only Akeem Talib can write can say it. So all season long, the kid and I have been Henderson down. Okay, that makes more. Now I have context around it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so they, they they played the committee thing. Then Henderson did that. I see. I just did it. Henderson down. Daryl Henderson gets hurt. Michelle gets banged up. Akers is able to come back in the playoffs. Yeah. So they kind of had this three-headed monster that none of them were exactly healthy, but they were all just good enough. And you yeah. thought, well, I thought coming in, well, if they are all three playing, then if they can run the ball, they're going to control the game. Yeah. And so that that was kind of a weird thing. But I, I think that's what we're going to see. I've mentioned this before and, on my pod. Go ahead. And OBJ. And then they bring in OBJ. Robert Woods goes season. down. Yep. Get OBJ in. Robert Woods gets hurt, and the Rams had that lull. They were 7-1 at one point. They're looking great. They had that lull where they lost like three out of four. Yeah. And they realized, well, we've got to get a playmaker in here. You need a, you need how, something on the other side. And how bad do the Browns look? With now that they, they yeah. thought, yeah, executive of the year is Odell Beckham Sr. Yeah. For getting his son the hell out of Cleveland. I in, mean. In fact, you can look at Cleveland and say they were not able It could. I would personally say that at the time, OBJ was never a really good fit in Cleveland. You can blame that 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 uh, that that they were not a very good team. They weren't coached very well. You can say you know that that uh, you can. There's a lot you can put point the blame at the Browns and say things were wrong. Browns have had other problems beyond OBJ this yeah. year between injury and dysfunction. Well, I, um, I think there's been a lot of inconsistency with the coaching staff. Yes. They've had two different head coaches in the last three years and different offensive coordinators. Well, that never works out well for any franchise. Yeah. But I think the most, the biggest part of it, I think, is I just think Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback. So, and, and, I, and I've heard that, and I would say that the part of this as well is I don't want to lay this at the feet of Baker Mayfield because he played a lot of games as he was fighting when he shouldn't have. Yeah. He should have. He got hurt. He came back soon. He was playing hurt. He should have taken the time and got rested, yeah. which he didn't, and it cost them as yeah. a team. Well, I think that it, it affected them overall. I, I see your point. Here's what I say about this. So, if you're Tyler Jones, and I call it the Ryan Tannehill test. Yeah. So if we, if you think you're a Super Bowl caliber team, okay, you've got to have a quarterback that is Ryan Tannehill or better. Yes. Yes. I understand that completely. You know, Ryan Tannehill is the worst quarterback on a Super Bowl contending team. So my my beef, and when I heard this, I was like, oh, my God, this makes so much sense. Is Ryan Tannehill better than Baker Mayfield? I would say that Ryan Tannehill has not been on a team that is as dysfunctional as the Browns. See, and I would say that I would say that if you took Baker Mayfield out of the Browns and yeah. took him to another team that was a little bit more stable, less yeah. dysfunctional, and had a better plan of execution, not only on offense but on defense, and give him a little bit of some time on the sideline, you know, to hold an offense up or the opposing offense up, he would be a better quarterback. I don't lay this at Baker Mayfield, and and, and the problem is. You know, culture-wise, in, in the NFL, everything always gets laid at the quarterback's feet. When yes, you're the QB1, you are – you take the crap for all of it, whether it's offense, defense, players, yeah. coaches. You are ultimately yeah. – you take the hit. Yeah. Well, I, I, think that, I think that Baker Mayfield is someone I wouldn't want to give money to. 
He's not the guy I would want. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to. I think what the Browns wanted to do was build a franchise around him. The problem is the Browns are dysfunctionally incapable of doing that. Um, If it were another team, and you've seen, we've seen this with other quarterbacks and other franchises before, that they wanted to do something and it just didn't work. Yeah, and I think that's where Baker Mayfield is right now, and it's probably time for him to look to another team to to kind of reset his career. Because he's young enough now, he could still go someplace else and have success. Yeah. Well, let's get back to the Rams. I yeah. that we got sidetracked on that because the Odell Beckham thing. There's a lot. We're at the end of the season, so yeah. it's almost a recap of everything we've yeah. been going through. So the so Odell Beckham, you know, he, the Rams built that team. They brought these guys in, and Beckham was kind of the last piece. Yeah. And they spent all this draft capital. So they don't have a first, second, or third round pick in 2022 or 2023. In 2024, they don't have a pick till the third round. Yeah. So it, it's a – if you're the Rams, this is the season that you either had to win the Super Bowl or it was a failure, yeah. an abstract failure. And I think it says something. I mean, you still got to get the job done, and they did it. They pulled it up, and they should get credit for that. Yeah, uh, Those pieces all came together. I, I really – I think if you look, it's the, the same playbook the Bucks played. And here's where I'm going with that. Starting to see a trend. We're going to see a trend. Yeah. We're going to see a trend here. So you've got the Bucks, now the Rams. And we're going to talk about the Rams and salary cap in a second. But now we're going to see this arms race. And we're going to see it, in my view, based around four, maybe five players in the NFL. And those players to me are Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert. And here's what I'm saying by that. Now, I think Herbert's a year away probably from this happening to him. I don't see that. Those fir- these first four, and I, I, you could maybe get away with saying Lamar Jackson. I'm not going to go there yet. I wouldn't say that. Those first year. four, let's talk about them. Yeah. Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow. These are all four guys that veteran players will want to play with. If they're looking at the, in the last one or two years of their yeah. career – they're probably targeting a team that has a chance. Yeah. Yes. I think, and, and and so I was saying last week. I said this on Tyler's podcast. I said it on my podcast last week. I think what we ought to see is, boy, I think Josh Allen and Mahomes and Rodgers should have all been at the Pro Bowl and been like recruiting, recruiting, just yeah. straight up recruiting. Hey, you need to be coming over here with me. Who's uh, who's who's going to be a free agent? Who's yeah. on their last year of their contract? Who are we looking to trade yeah. for? What could we build? Yeah, and, and the, the 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 first shoe to drop is going to be what happens with Aaron Rodgers. You, you got to know who that goes. Yeah. And this is Sunday. We're recording this after the Super Bowl Sunday night. Uh, Adam Schefter broke something earlier today that Green Bay is planning on trying to pay Aaron Rodgers. At I've this, already said I'm done listening to Schefter. Yeah, you, I think you're the same boat I am. So I, I think it was the, totally. I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I'm done with him now. Yeah, I, I, I have said this, and someone asked me last week about it. Why is this? And he goes, Ellen asked me, why are you so negative on Schefter? And I said, because he comes up with these bullshit big stories on the biggest days of the year. Last year it was draft day, and he came up with the Rodgers wants out story. And he admitted later on the Dan Patrick show, he admitted that he did that report based on three things he heard over a six-week period, and then pieced and glued it all together, but then he decided to break it on draft day. On draft day. And, and, by problem, and to and to you know to to public. Yeah and what, very, very and, public. and what my problem with it was is that he did it on draft day 
where we were sitting here watching the draft, and every trade or every pick, we were thinking, is this going to be where Aaron Rodgers gets traded to? Yeah. And it, it hijacked the draft. And it, it, it started a, a cyclone of drama yeah. in, the, in Wisconsin. Yeah. that really wasn't as bad as we thought it was. Yeah. Now, those two, the, the, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, have clearly made a decision going into this season what was going to happen. All you got to do is look at the salary cap and see what's going to happen. It was all his money. was He was given a big bonus in 2021. Mm-hmm. Stay with the team. We're going to pay you some money. His contract was reworked where 2022 is the last year of his contract. He's got $40 million. It's owed to him. Now, the issue is, and what will happen is, it's attractive for a trade because now a, t- a player with one year left, that big number, can be easily traded because as soon as you you have the player work an extension as part of the trade, and then that lowers the cap number. The team trading him away doesn't get the salary cap. And it's yet. similar to what Brady did. Yes, well. very, very similar to what Brady did. And so, um, wherever Aaron Rodgers goes, because I don't think the Packers. Well, we'll get this in a second. I do think Aaron Rodgers is getting traded. I think it's most likely Denver. I. Well, I thought it was Denver or Miami. I don't think Miami can make any big deals right now. Denver has, they traded Von Miller to get the extra picks. They have lots of draft capital. They have young young offensive studs and skilled positions. Yep. They've got a good defense. It's it's not great. It's good. It could be better, but it's not not bad. It's not bad at all. And they got a ton of salary cap room. Yeah. Now they're going to give some of that salary cap room up to obtain Rodgers. They also then hired Rodgers' offensive coordinator and his quarterback coach from Green Bay yep. to be the head coach in, in OC. This is an all-in for Aaron Rodgers. It, it could. Be, this could be again. Yeah. That once if he's if he does go to Denver, you start looking at that yeah. one-year contract again to build an attempt. Yeah. Well, and what'll happen? I think is it'll be a okay. The two teams make the decision. Okay, Denver's going to give two ones and two twos to Green Bay for Rodgers. Yeah. They and the deal works to where then Green Bay will say, okay, we will now work. You negotiate the contract before the trade. They work out a contract. This is you know a three-year or four-year extension with the forty million tacked on as roster bonus for the next two years. They spread the bonus over four years. Yeah. Gets the salary cap over four years. He gets all of his money up front. Then. He gets three more years guaranteed. It's not guaranteed, but because of the the so the dead cap hit, it would really hurt them. So that's where they get hit there. To me, it's kind of a no-brainer. The other thing to think about that is that it does make it to where it's interesting because Denver's in the same division with Kansas City. Yeah. And then, well, does that make Kansas City less or more appealing for free agents? Does Denver become appealing for free agents? Um, you know, then you have Buffalo. You know, Josh Allen, they've got some good things going there. They can use a couple of pieces here and there, offensive mm-hmm. and defensive. I think the defensive side, they probably need a little less than the other two teams do. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Chiefs have got a big decision to make with Tyron Matthew. Yes. And they got to figure out an extension for Tyreek Hill. So those are two things they've got to deal with. Mm-hmm. So... And, and there'll be a there'll be a long list of these free agents. It'll be guys, some of the same names in Sue. It'll be um, Leonard Fournette. Fournette. We talked about that. Odell Beckham. Yep. 
Uh, we're going to see a bunch of March 1 cuts. So pay attention to what happens on March 1. When those cuts start happening, and those guys get out there, and then there's plenty of you know free agents that are coming. Uh, here, I'll give you the list of free agents here. But some of these names that are going to be out here are pretty outstanding. Um, you know, one of them is Orlando Brown, Chiefs left tackle. Yeah. Which, I mean, the Chiefs, I think, will be doing something to get to keep him. But here's some of the names that are going to be out there. Von Miller. Uh, Chandler Jones with an edge for the uh, for the Cardinals. I think will be with somebody. Devontae Adams, obviously. Yes. A big one. Tyron <laughs> Matthew. Tyron Matthew did say this week he wants to be a Chief. Um, but I, I think I don't think the Chiefs are going to do it. I think the Chiefs are going to work a deal with Hill. I think Matthew's going to leave. Yeah, no, I think between the two, you got to keep Hill. Hill was yeah. key to the, what they did do right this year. I'll tell you what's going to happen. He's got the speed. I think what I think is going to happen. I think Matthew's going to Cincinnati. I can't, I've, been, I've said it all night long. Devon, if you had Devontae Adams opposite Jamar Chase, yeah. what here's, kind of team would that make? Yeah, here's a couple of the names that are out there that you're looking at. And then you got to worry about the tackles. So you've got, um, we already said that Orlando Brown. Taron Armstead of the Saints, mm-hmm. who I can't believe he's going to be a free agent. He's not going back to New Orleans. Their salary cap is just screwed. Yeah. Um, I saw another one here. Where was it at? Left tackle. Dwayne Brown from the Seahawks will be out there. I mean, these are some big names. Other big names I think will get signed somewhere. Uh, Dante Hightower from the, from the Patriots. Uh, Zach Ertz. He's free. Oh, he has he a free agent. He only one year deal. to the Cardinals. Yeah, he only had a one-year deal. Um, here's from the guy. Who is currently in San Diego? Chris Harris Jr. You know, some teams, hey, the Bengals could use a veteran DB. Yeah. The uh, Chiefs could use a veteran DB. Veteran, the Chiefs could use a, you think the Bron- a lot you think of You think the Broncos defense. wouldn't mind bringing back Chris oh, Harris? Yeah, he would. They would. You know, these are the guys. Gronkowski's a free agent. Gronkowski said this week. There's only one dude he was wanting to play with the quarterback. And I, yeah, and I'm just saying to myself, like, where was the tight end today? Where were tight ends today? Yeah, well, they're both they, they banged up. Higby they banged out, up. Higby out, but, and Uzman. Yeah, yeah, they were, but they were. Sure. You know, for what was there, yeah. they really didn't do yeah. anything in the passing game to yeah. tight ends today. Here's some other names to think about: Gronk, who, what I alluded to on the Gronk thing, Gronk said the one quarterback he liked to play with is Burrow. Is Burrow, yeah. Um, and I, Gronk would not be a good fit in Kansas City. No, he would he, not. He wouldn't and be a good he, fit in Buffalo. They both got tight ends. Already. They've got, they got, they've really got good, good tight ends. Yeah. He, so he's not going to go to either of them because he'd be in competition yeah. for, for reps. He's not the. Yeah. He, he would be in competition for yeah. attention. Right, so look, look, at some, look at some of these. Here's some big name guys. These are and I bring up big name guys because they're big name guys who can be brought in on veteran minimums. Jadavion Clowney. <laughs> Calais Campbell, Patrick Peterson. Who did I see? Uh, oh, I saw a couple of them in here. Who else? Moa is going free. Is is up this year? It was my yes. He did. My, but they have a. I think they. Have, I believe they, they have, have an extension option. Yeah, they have yeah. to do. Uh, Uz, Uzma Bill will work out a extension there. I yeah, think that would be. Surprising. I don't see anybody leaving the Bengals. Because one, they can extend them, and they got plenty of money into the cap to do it. And I'm not going to talk about some of these receivers like A.J. Green and Emmanuel Sanders. 
Because, and, Receivers and Will Fuller, they're guys, always shuffling. They're always shuffling. Right always. Anyway. They shuffle all yeah. preseason long, and then they, once the ge- yeah. the season starts, they still shuffling yeah. through 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 uh, the trade. Yeah, line. I think it's those those guys up front defensively, a couple of the older corners who can give you some coverage. They're guys who can beat you know some of those guys with those younger teams. Yeah, you know, uh, you know Patrick Peterson's one of those guys. I think. I mean, I think Patrick Peterson is going to retire, but um, this is one of those guys that could be someone to think about. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, I didn't realize was going to be a free agent. He's 32 now. I can see him going to one of those teams. You just, these are guys that are going to have a chance to win a ring. And the Chiefs have got to figure out they're going to do Melvin Ingram, you know, a guy who they traded for late in the season. And they've yeah. had running back problems all yeah. year. Yeah. This well, year they've had running back yeah, problems and with and injury. And, and, yeah. yeah, and so they've got to figure out their running back situation. There's going to be a couple guys out there for that. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, we're going to, but we're going to see some cuts. And all you have to do to find out who these cuts are going to be is you go to their teams. I like to go over to cap.com, and you can see it on there. I mean, we'll pull the Rams for a minute here. Um, they are already, what did I see here? They're $13 million over. Now, that's not a bad number because yeah. they're going to get some help. Um, because I do think Whitworth's going to retire. Uh, and then their dead cap number was really low. This was the year they had the big dead cap because they still had um, money from Goff and they mm-hmm. still had money from the receiver. I can't, I'm blanking on the name now. But they brought in for a season and sent him, shipped him out. Um, oh, I'm blanking too. Brandon Cooks. Thank you, yes. So, yeah, that was a big hit to him this season. But they've only got 47 guys in the contract right now. The, the Rams we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to give Cooper Cup an extension, I think. Let me see here. If they um, don't, Cooper Cup is, I mean, is the MVP today. Yeah, and Cooper Cup is one of those voidable contracts. So Cooper Cup is sitting with, he's signed in 2022 and 2023. Um, they actually would owe him more if they cut him. They're not going to cut him. No. Looks like the remaining $7 million. I like to. Yeah. So he's going to be an $18 million cap number. They're, but you can see that maybe he's a guy they can extend for five years. Yeah. And they can pass some of that money down. Um, I'm trying to look at the, the obvious ones. Uh, let's see, let's pull up Matt Stafford for a minute. Stafford's 34. He'll be 34. He's signed through the 2022 season at a pretty good cap number of $23 million. But here's the thing. They can cut him or trade him, and he's actually uh, he's actually saved $23 million on the cap. I don't see them cutting him. I think what that means is you're going to see an extension. I, I see some restructuring there. Especially after this year, they're not losing yeah. a ton of pieces. Yeah. Nine likes ten. They, they've got a good defense, yeah. obviously. Even if you lose Vaughn Miller off the one year, you know, you still got uh, Donald. You still yeah. got a lot of the big pieces in that field. Yeah. You could, you know, and next year, if you're if you play it right, you get the running game you were planning on bringing to the Super Bowl back and give yourself another chance. They're going to save $15 million here. If Whitworth retires, they can cut him with a $1.6 million of dead cap. Yeah. And that saves them $15 million bucks. They go under with that. Yeah. That alone. And I'm pretty certain Andrew Whitworth retiring. Uh, he was, he's 40. He's the big 40 number they were yeah. talking about in the uh, hard knocks at the start of the year. Yeah, he's 41 he was, now. He was a big talking point there. Yeah. Um, he's got a Super Bowl now. He's, yeah. he's got his ring today. And he, got, and he won Man of the Year. Yeah. He won the Walter Payton Man he of the won, Year award. I'm, I'm happy. I've been a fan of his his entire career. 
I loved him as a bangle. He's obviously an LSU guy, but he's just big wit. He's just cool as hell, and he's a guy that he's done it the right way his whole career. He he languished on those bad bangle Ooh. teams. And had to face them today, and, of and, all days. Yeah, it, it, so he was there, what, eight years? Nine, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Actually, 11, 11, 11 years. Seasons. 11 seasons. And he goes to the Rams. And, you know, granted, he'd gotten paid more at the Rams. He didn't get that money when he was at the Bengals. Um, you know, being a second-round pick and then getting franchised a couple times, he didn't make a lot of money. But he got to the Rams, been getting paid. And, you know, it's good for him. Yeah. Uh, it's... They brought him back at a big number this year. He's gotten paid. He got paid $14 million this year. Yeah. I see why his wife wanted to work one more year. Uh, my wife made me go work another, for another $14 million. Better <laughs> <laughs> get your big ass out there $14 million. <laughs> and it was touching there at the end on the field with his yeah, family. He had his daughter had her arms yeah. around. I just, it, it was a, it's, it's a good story, story to end to a career yeah. uh, at its time. Yeah, I like it. So I, I think the Rams are going to be interesting how they rebuild. And I, but it, that could be a team that could. They, they can't rebuild in the draft. They're going to no, have they to do yeah. the free agency thing. And but they're so, attractive right now. They're just coming off a Super Bowl. Yeah. They're attractive as a yeah. team. I just think we're going to see a lot of these veterans are going, to, are going to take some deals, whether it's with the Rams or the Chiefs or the, or the Bills or the Bengals. Yeah. Um, I think you could throw in, let me see who I was thinking there. I was also thinking wherever Rodgers ends up. And, and, and get yeah. When we want, do you want to get into that now? Let's do the Rogers thing for a second. Because Let's talk about Aaron there's Rogers. there's a there's two perspectives on this, and I'm getting kind of tired <coughs> of hearing about Rogers not wanting to go to the AFC, not wanting to be in the AFC West. I'm I'm kind of sick of it because it's Aaron freaking Rogers. Yeah. After this, after his career and everything he's faced, do you really think that he's afraid of the AFC or the AFC West? Individual. No, I don't. Exactly. And, and I so here's where Rogers is. He signed in 2022. He'll be 39. Um, you know, he also does not have. He's 39 with a little less tread on the wheels, or with a little more tread on the wheels than a normal 39 year old having set yeah. out the three seasons. At the beginning he's of not his playing to 45, but he's a no. he's a better 39 no. year old than most 39 year olds yeah. that have played. No one's going to do what Brady did playing at 40. Nobody's doing that. Yeah, but I can see Rogers playing 40, 41, 42. So that's where I think that at 39, if you make this trade now, you could get Aaron Rodgers for four seasons. I think it's more likely three and you I, pay him I, for four. I'm betting two. I well, think he I, gets it a two-season shot and I then he retires. A, I think it's a four-year contract. Oh, contract was Yeah, with thing. three yeah. that he plays and one where it's a Drew Brees kind of thing, where it's going to be, I think we're going to fuck your salary cap up. I think he plays two yeah. off a four-year contract. Yeah. But it just... Plays that so that they can yeah. get the cap right yeah. and, and all that. But yeah, so, I think he plays two more years and he's done because yeah. he doesn't need to. It's another one of those situations where he doesn't need to, and unless he's got great protection like Brady has had the last two years, he's he's not going to stick around. He doesn't need to put himself through that. Yeah, you know, we, we every time we get to this point with quarterbacks, it's always about how long the body can last. We saw we heard it from Beth Roethlisberger. You know, thank yeah. you for retiring. Thank God. Oh man. Um, yeah. But you hear it from a Ben Roethlis. You hear it from those guys who yeah. are at that 37, 38, 39, that they just, the body is, they've taken a lot of sacks, especially with teams that don't give them the best protection. And Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys that year after year, he's not the most sacked, but he doesn't have the best protection he could have. I totally agree with you. 
And I think the big thing on Rodgers is, um, I, I, I do think it's going to be a four-year deal versus a three-year deal just because of the salary cap and everything. And I think if he wants to quit after two, they'll work things, things out, no matter where he goes. Um, my big thing with Rodgers is I think that, you know, the, 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 the thing broke today. I just I can't get over this. Adam Schefter breaks the thing in. I want to talk to Adam Schefter and say, all right, listen, you dumb fuck. Um, you tell me who at Green Bay is making the decision that we're going to – it was compared to Drew Brees. It was specifically said, we're going to do like Drew – they did with the Saints did with Drew Brees. Now, if you know what the Saints did with Drew Brees, they got hammered on the salary cap in 2021. They're getting hammered again in 2022. Are you going to tell me that the Packers are going to do that? They're like, already in, pa- in cap and the, trouble. And the Packers can't do it because a couple things. One, they have cap issues. And if they get rid of Rodgers, it's going to help their cap drastically. But the other piece is they don't have the one owner. They have an executive they, board. Because yeah, they they're technically owned by the city. Right. And so the executive board just tells the football people to do what you're going to do. But in the end, when you've got to make a franchise decision that could irreparably harm your team for the next few years, it's got to be one person. So when the Saints made that deal, for instance, with Drew Brees a couple years ago, I think it was four years ago, you know, Sean Payton wanted that. And he had to go to the Benson family. Tom Benson was still alive at the time. Mm -hmm. And he had to ask Mr. Benson and say, hey, this is what I think is best. But I need you to understand we're going to be be awful for a couple years if he retires, and we're going to have to work around this. So that's the biggest reason. Green Bay's never built a team around Aaron Rodgers. They haven't <laughs> done a good job with that because they don't have the one owner to say, here's the commitment, here's yeah. the money. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what Aaron Rodgers said when he was accepting the MVP award. You know, he said that, you know, he, he made the comment of, I appreciate the Packers. I appreciate everything you've done this last year. It did not go unnoticed. Well, of course it didn't go unnoticed. They kissed your ass the whole way. You got paid all your money, and you're going to get the rest of it. But the issue is that there is no one owner. There's no one person at the top that you go to and say, we need to make this decision yes or no. Right. For instance, when the Rams did these things to win the Super Bowl, they made the deal to trade Goff for Stafford and give up the one and give up the two to make another deal. And they said, hey, we're going to mortgage everything for this season. They had to go to Stan Kroenke and say, are you good with this? Now, Kroenke's good with it because he really wanted a winner right now because he's trying to win right. L.A. right now. Right. He's in a competition with the Chargers. Just got a new stadium. Got a new stadium, yeah. everything else. He's got to... The way Crocky's looking at it is he's saying, hey, I've got to beat the Chargers and make L.A. a Rams town right now. Right now. And if you if you go all in and you do win the Super Bowl, which they have, you get the payoff. Yeah. As an owner, as an investor, with the new stadium, you build yeah. the fan base, you are getting exactly yeah. what you want out of this. And when we were talking about this before, we are talking about other teams wanting to do that, what we're going to see, we've seen it now with Tom Brady, we're now seeing it with, with the L.A. Rams, is when that when you do that and it doesn't work, yeah. you know. And I think you're seeing that with teams like Green Bay Packers, who have had Aaron Rodgers, who have had that franchise quarterback that other teams drool over and can never get, and they can't seem to close the deal. 
It just doesn't work. You also see it, we saw it with Philly with Carson Wentz. And Philly is sitting here with in, in cap problems in the wake of that yeah. debacle. You know, and there are other teams that have tried to build a franchise and just haven't been able to do it. And I'm seeing now, is it going to be, you know, it's a difference between having a destination franchise you want to play with at the end of your career, like the Bills or the Chiefs, who have a good chance with the right pieces, versus if you get Aaron Rodgers in Denver and you bring in, you attract the pieces for a for a go for it. Yeah. You know, and what will Denver be like if you bring Aaron Rodgers, you bring in a couple of veteran free agents to complement what you got, and you get a couple of those cuts on the defenses, maybe bolster their defense a little bit more, and they don't get it. Where's your where is the cost to doing business that way? Yeah. When you're 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 shooting for the moon in a one shot and you don't get there. Yeah. And I think that you're going to start seeing a couple of teams try it and they're going to come up short. Because it's not going to be every year. They're not the only ones doing it. Not everyone can win. Yeah. So where where we're seeing this now, where we're seeing a Philly in cap hell from the Carson Wentz trade that didn't pay out for either of them. No. That's going to happen a couple but, of different ways for other teams when you only can get one that's going to make the payout. Now, Philly did it the reverse way, though. What Philly did was took the tack they hit up front. We we talked about this. I called they punted the 2022 season. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, we're going to take a season to see if Jalen Hurts is our quarterback and to see and, Which, and to go ahead and take all these hits right now. I'm not even sure that got answered because he didn't have anything that, to do anything. That, that, I can see that. Now, personally, I think he is a good quarterback. I think I he think can he, be. I think he might be. And, and I, I, I don't. I think you're right. They don't distinctively know. But they did much better this season. I, I think they were a three or four win team. I, I expected them to be worse than yeah. they were, but I don't know if he's the quarterback who can be better thought, than they are. I thought Eagles coach Stuart for coach of the year because that's, that's a horrible team. It's a terrible team. And, and so, yeah. For what they had yeah. and what they did, yeah. it's impressive. Yeah. Were they ever going to win that thing? No. Yeah. But I, they definitely overachieved. Yeah. So then we're looking at like some of these teams for the next season now. So in – we, we talked a little bit, so now we've got, um, we talked, uh, teams, would you agree with me on the idea, though, of wherever Rodgers ends up, Chiefs is everything right now. Yeah, and then Allen and Burrow. Yeah. Those are really the four teams. Those people Because they have the best, whatever yeah. you, they have enough pieces right now where if yeah. you, you're a veteran that's looking to complement and ride that wave yeah. in, you've got a good yeah. chance on those teams. Yeah. Yes. And the Broncos do have $31 million under the cap right now. Yeah, and, and I think what's going to help them also is that there's a couple of different ways to make a little cash from that little headway there as well. Uh, they don't have any big ones, and they're up for well. sale though. Yeah, so the sale. So there's something that's going on there. There's a sale. We talked about that last week on uh, Ellen. I talked about the point five last week. That it's, um, so, do you know the whole story with that? Go ahead and explain okay, it for so everyone. Pat Bowen, the old, the longtime owner of the Broncos, he passed away. Before he passed away, he made the beneficiary his trust. The bene- uh, became the new owners of the Broncos. He has three children. Yeah. The, the trust was then supposed to figure out with the three children who was going to take over as the. What's that? It was his daughter, right? Yeah. Well, they it was it between the three of them could decide. Yeah. Who was going to be the, um, the lead? The majority owner, because you have to have a majority owner in the NFL. Yeah. So you can't have a corporately owned team in the NFL. It doesn't work that way. Right. The Packers are actually owned by the city. They're given an exemption because they were an original team. Right. So 
Uh, but everybody the grandfathered else, in. Yeah, you have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, everybody has to have it's a one representative when it comes to the owners' meetings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So um, now the three kids couldn't decide. It looked like it was going to be the daughter, and the two sons fought that. Everybody's yeah, that's yeah. What I thought. So they have to sell the team. So now the NFL has stepped in, and they want Byron Allen, who is a. <laughs> We talked about this a little bit. A little bit, a little bit, yeah. So Byron Allen, who some of us who are like our age in our 40s know him as someone who had like these celebrity gossip TV shows. He's Geraldo, Jerry. uh, So he made a shitload of money in the last number of years. He He got into production, I think. In television production. Yeah. He owns, it was, we looked it up. He owns the Weather Channel. He owns a big production company that owns... A whole slew of TV stations. Mm-hmm. His net worth is about $500 million. Now, that's not enough to be the majority owner of a team. But the NFL desperately wants to have a minority owner. There's been a lot. And they've been given a, year, a, lot of a lot of conversation. And they've got a lot of stuff going on. And it's been a really grief. I've been a lot of grief the NFL's been given about this. And so they've got to figure something out. So they're pressing hard for it to be Byron out. The Brian, Flo- the Brian Flores situation has exasperated that. Yes, we've and we and forget Brian Flores. I'm still upset that Bienemy is not a head coach. Yeah, this is a travesty of yeah. head coaching jobs where this guy absolutely deserves it. Yeah. It is unbelievable that he's being token interviewed. It's bullshit across the board. Yeah. And so I agree with a lot of the sentiment that. What is needed to correct that is we need to start introducing minority owners. Yeah, so now... To it, really so, get past these barriers. So Byron now has been asked by the NFL to put together a team of people to buy right. a team. Yeah. Um, that's what looks like is going to happen. Now, there was some talk even a few months ago that John Elway would try to get a group together, yeah. that Peyton Manning would try to get a group together. Yeah. I, I could see now Peyton Manning may not be able to while he is under contract with ESPN. You got the extent. They, the amount, I the saw that I think two weeks ago they extended through 2024 yeah. season for the, the Manning cast. Yeah. So, which I'm tickled pink about. I yeah. actually really like that. We'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, when you look at the Broncos deal, it's, it's going to be interesting. So then you have to have that one owner. And again, the, it comes out of you have to have the one person at the end that says, mm-hmm. okay, we can go all in. Now, I think that the people who are running the organization now, they have enough, uh, there's enough money in the salary cap, you can work some of these things. The Broncos have a pretty good roster. They're actually a pretty good team, minus the quarterback position. Yeah, part of that is they don't really have a great quarterback, and they're in a really tough division yeah. right now. And they're in so a you've got to kind of swing a little yeah. bit for the fences to get yeah. through this gauntlet yeah. of AFC West. Yeah, you're in there. You're going to face Patrick Mahomes twice. You've got to face Justin Herbert twice. twice. We'll see what the Raiders are going to do, a quarterback. Well, I I think that's going to be something that still to be said there. I think that's going to be honest after March 1st. They're things. not Patrick Mahomes. They're not Chiefs good, but they're not garbage either because yeah. they have surprised this year when no one expected yeah. them, especially amongst all the controversy they've had. Yeah. But that's the another Broncos add, The Broncos add Aaron Rodgers. It changes it. It changes It that changes team. the league. I mean, it, it, because you league, look honestly. at what they've got already on the team. I mean, I love some of these pieces they have. I mean, on the deal, I love Patrick Sertan. I, I love Judy. I love Fant. Um, I think those are both great offenses. I offensive hope they pieces. stay healthy this next year. Yeah. Um, Bradley Chubb is a stud up front on the defensive side. So I, 
and they've got lots of money to play with. They've so. got the right framework to yeah. build something for yeah. next year. It's a really yeah. good starting point. Yeah, but you got to you got to square away your ownership. Yeah, um, and so. I think then you you become attractive. Now, I I have been questioning this entire time whether their coach is a little cart before the horse. Because well, they don't really have, they don't really know what's going to happen yet. Well, there was a reason they hire what they did. They, they have a general man. So I've talked about this. Is NFL teams kind of have this three-headed monster: mm-hmm. the general manager, the head coach, and the quarterback. Those are the most three most important positions on an NFL team. Mm-hmm. The GM and the coach have got to be lock, stock, hand in hand with each other. Yeah. The coach and the quarterback have got to be like that. So when hired, the um, the Broncos bring in a GM and a head coach who want to work together. Yeah. And really the assumption is all that they are going, it's all in for Rodgers. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I, I think it's interesting because, again, I think, like I said, do you agree with me on my assessment, though, those five teams? Yeah, yeah. I, in go. the next year, I think those are really good veteran yeah. destination places to make a run. Yeah, and, and, and here's the thing about where I was saying, like I like the Chargers in that a little bit as well. Is the forty-eight million under the cap? I I remember having Herbert on my team and yeah. really kind of impressed with what he was able to accomplish. Yeah. I think he's a better quarterback than he's played this year. Yeah, he's in a tough division, but he's talented, and I wish they'd get some pieces to give him well, what they need. And I think they've got a couple. I, I really like Austin Eckler. I I do too. Um, I like um, on the defensive side. I said Santi Samuel Jr. is incredible. Uh, they've got Joey Bosa. They still have Keenan Allen um, on the offensive side. Brian Bulaga is still up there. Uh, he's actually he may be a salary cap. Maybe they can get Devontae Adams. I'm, I'm all I'm really also You're very Devontae I Adams really want to know where he's going to go because yeah. because if it's Aaron, wherever Aaron Rodgers goes, I think it affects where Adams goes. I think there's some truth to that. I it's not to say that Adams will chase him. But he may not want to go to the same division. He may want to go someplace else yeah. and not play against Aaron Rodgers. I can see that. Yeah. I, well, that's a great way of looking at it. Yeah. Is that it's either go with Rodgers somewhere. It's going to be hard to afford both of them. Or yeah. you end up not going against If he's If, if, if Rodgers goes yeah. Denver, he, you know, Adams may want to stay in the NFC. Yeah, he may not go to the Chargers, <laughs> the Raiders, or the Chiefs. You know, he might you know. he might be looking at something like Tennessee. He yeah. might be looking at something like Tampa or not Tampa. Yeah. This next, you know, we don't know what's going to happen there. I either. think out of the NFC, see, I mean, he could be a guy that could end up being a rental for a year or two in in, in LA Rams, or maybe the Patriots. They were they were they're starting something over there with Mac Jones that we don't know what that's going to become. Yeah, but it's an interesting situation. I think that before you can pick the before you can put the Patriots at that level to other teams, and again, I'm kind of. The reason I kind of have the Chargers there, I think they're a little below, yeah. is the salary cap number helps. But the quarterback is someone that is, I think, pretty highly thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that Mac Jones is as thought amongst players. I'm not talking about the rest of us or Bill Belichick or anybody mm-hmm. else. I don't know that Mac Jones is considered that yet. Not yet. I think that... But- it, under Bill Belichick and what they were able to accomplish with nobody having expectations yeah. of Mac Jones to be anything, yeah. that's not a bad place for him to say, you know, I can get a little chunk of change and start with something different yeah. on a completely new Patriots yeah. team, really. Well, and I think that, and I would even argue, and again, I'm a big fan of his, I don't think that six, eight weeks ago people would have thought that Burrow was the guy 
that a lot of these veterans would want to play with. But these veterans like Burrow's get down. I've been they paying like attention. I know you're big on Burrow. I have been keeping an eye on yeah. him all year. I think he's been quietly. Re- I said it before the playoffs started. I think all year long he's been underestimated by most people. I think he. So we were talking about the MVP. And it's a lot of that is how often he gets sacked. I, I think that he should have been in the MVP conversation. I think he deserved it. I think he, he's I, getting a hit because he got so many sacks. It's yeah. not his fault. Well, he does hold some because... But he has a terrible what he does, Come on. What he does with sacks is he's willing to take sacks when other quarterbacks would throw the ball away. Like, yeah. I'll give you an example. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott... He is had good. to learn that. He, Dak Prescott's good for one interception a game on a play where he's going down. Yes. And what Burrow figured out is, go ahead and sack me on second down. I still have third down to work with. Mm-hmm. Or if you sack me on third down, that's fine. We're going to punt on fourth down, mm-hmm. and you're taking the ball over there instead of over here. Yeah. But we got to also think about this. Remember that Burrow, this is essentially his first full year. He was hurt in his rookie year last year. Mm-hmm. So he didn't really get that kind of break-in yeah. experience. And this, you know, this sack rate is unsustainable for a young quarterback. Yeah. I think he's going to learn. If he gets the right, he, he needs to learn. Yeah. To get rid of the ball sometimes when he's holding on to it. He I does. think it's it, it increases his longevity. And if you look at the game today, there were times where he's holding on to the ball when if he threw it away, he doesn't lose two or three yards. Yeah. He's trying to scramble back to the line of scrimmage. And if he just throws it away, he saves a couple of seconds, he saves the hit, yeah. and he doesn't lose the yardage. Let's That's about, something to be learned by uh, him. That he'll do it. He'll let's talk about it. Since they just lost the Super Bowl, let's talk about the Bengals for a minute. Yeah. So the Bengals, I mean, they have... I mean, that's a team that you look at it. So salary cap-wise, I've talked about this a lot. They're third in the league in salary cap. They are currently $57 million under the cap. Under. Now, the cap's going to go up about $20 more million when all the numbers get yeah, reported yeah, the and the Amazon money's coming yeah, in. Yeah, numbers, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be ridiculous. Now, <laughs> here's, here's the cap. Look at it. So yeah. the Bengals have one, two, three, four, five players. Who make ten million dollars or more next season? It's Trey Waynes, Trey Henderson, DJ Reader, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd. Burrow's at nine point eight next year. Yeah, third year of his rookie contract. So now they'll have to extend him. If not next year, it's coming soon. Oh, they definitely have to. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I still think he should. I think until the Bengals, and I would not be surprised if he says. Build an indoor facility around me. I think it, I don't see why not. I mean, they're just a cheap organization. Yeah, I've said for, I've said for two seasons now, the the Bengals don't deserve Joe Burrow, and that's what I mean by that. Is that Mike Brown? Did you see Mike Brown during? Yeah, is that, that's, that's the first time you ever saw Mike Brown. Yeah, it is. It's, okay, it's, it's he awful. looks like an old piece of shit with a dad hat on in a fucking suit that looked like he was made 10 years ago. He didn't, and, and he didn't look excited. Like, he was happy. He's not excited. But they didn't give him much of a shit. His team is in know? the fucking Super Bowl. He just won, and he's standing up there like, this yeah. is wonderful. This Let's was, have a nice day today. Yeah. And it, got off the stage. You just won the Super Bowl. Lose your freaking mind for a second, please. You yeah. know, that, that there's owners around the league who are just spitting on it, spitting his name right now. Yeah. Because he, doesn't, he just doesn't look like he gives a shit. Well, and he doesn't. And here's the thing. is that So 
most owners in the NFL are already very wealthy. Stan Kroenke oh, is yeah. an amazingly yeah. wealthy man. Yeah. Jerry Jones. Now, Jerry Jones made a bunch of money, and he made a bunch of money off the Cowboys, but he's made more money than other businesses yeah, as well. Yeah, he's, 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 you know, they're, they, he loves the game. When, yeah. when they win, he loves it. He's passionately into oh, man, if it, I which was, is why he's into it. As a, as a fan, I wish my team, the New Orleans Saints, had an owner as good as Jerry Jones. Yeah. I mean, he gives them whatever they want. I said we had Tom Benson, who, I mean, now is Mrs. Benson, and she doesn't give a fuck. Um, but it's one of those things now where, like with, with Mike Brown, because of the way that the, um, the, way the, the, way the, the profit sharing works or the, the revenue sharing works in the NFL, he's making money just because he's the owner of the bank. Yeah, he doesn't care. He doesn't care, but now he's been gifted the golden goose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been gifted one of the three, I would say one of the three quarterbacks of this generation. I Maybe four, but I mean, well, I won't argue. Three, four quarterbacks, he's been gifted one. Yeah. The guy who could turn the whole franchise around, and in the second year... He's in the Super Bowl. He's in the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah. And I'm not talking like the second year Mahomes was the starting quarterback. We're talking, this dude turned the team around. Put it on. We talk. We uh, we regularly talk about quarterbacks who put the team on his on their backs. Huh? Joe Burrow put the Bengals on his back for the season. Okay, he carried, carried them all year long. Carried. He he carried and rallied them. Yes, you know he's a yeah, leader and, and on that team and he's a performer on now, that team. To give you some ideas, so the, here's some of the complaints have been about Mike Brown. Yeah, uh, at the owners' meetings, I guess they're famous for having arguments between Mike Brown and Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones hates Mike Brown. He hates him because he's basically supplementing Mike Brown's team. Yeah. Uh, the big argument was, well, you're playing poor mouth. So about Jerry Jones is about Mike Brown. Yeah. And saying, you need money, you need money. But you've got a stadium over there that you won't sell the name rights on. Because it's named after Mike Brown's father. Now, this is an argument that, to me, is just absolutely 100% spot on. Even the Chiefs have sold the naming rights to Arrowhead Stadium. Sure. There is always a way to do this. If they want to call it Paul Brown, you know, Paul Brown Field or Paul Brown Stadium, man, if you want to get, you know, a Cincinnati company, let's Skyline Chili. I just they wouldn't have that kind of money, but yeah, everybody knows yeah. Skyline. If it's Skyline Chili Stadium at Paul Brown Field, Paul Brown Field and Skyline. I like that. I mean whatever, that works. Whatever but. you want to call it. The Saints did it. And there's still the Superdome, but it's now the Caesars Superdome. It was the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. It was, yeah. But the name's changed yeah. by at the, you know, the, the Arrowhead fun. is now what, Jihai Field, or how do you say it there? I don't know. No one cares. Stuff. It's Arrowhead. It's Arrowhead. Arrowhead. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. this old bastard Denver, do this. They, they changed the name on it. No one cares. It's Bronco Stadium. Yeah. They're and not going to say the stupid name. They're the one team in the NFL that doesn't have an indoor practice facility. They play their games in sense of fucking natty. Yeah. That's not a warm place to be practicing on Tuesday afternoon nope. in December. That's ridiculous. Or prepping meanwhile, for a Super Bowl in February. Meanwhile, <laughs> Dallas built a $2 billion facility. Campus. A camp with a hotel attached and a place and for people shopping to Shopping and restaurants. The and, Carolina yeah. Panthers are in the middle, middle of building one. It's a little up between $1 and $2 billion yep. in, in suburban Charlotte. Because why? They want to attract people. They want to attract 
they want to show they're the first class organizations. Yes. Realizing, sort of realizing that. that this, that actually, the investment of that actually does build the franchise uh-huh. and generates more income. Yes, yes. That's and the thing. And this old bastard does not think that way, and he's been gifted one of 32 teams. He's got one of 32 teams. That's why they don't deserve Joe Burrow. It's why they don't deserve... Well, I would say he doesn't deserve Joe Burrow. I'm not. I wouldn't say that that's the city or the team. Yeah, let me rephrase it because yeah, I, he doesn't yeah, deserve the, shit. Those fans are supporting that team. They're supporting Joe completely. Did you listen to the game? That crowd was a partisan mm-hmm. Bengal crowd tonight. Yeah, yeah. The Super Bowl. Yes. Any cheap to go to? No. And it just bugs me. This old cheap bastard. Owns that team. Mm-hmm. I I really wish there was a way the NFL could hold owners more accountable for their for their oh, posi- not not oh, actions oh, oh, positions. Oh. I would agree with the actions as well, but their positions on the support of their team and how they manage their we to their just, own so, teams. Me and Ellen one week ago talked about owners and their actions and yeah. how they're not held accountable. I'll give you some examples. Yeah. Robert Kraft, oh, and all that stuff that happened with him. There we go, yeah. Jim Ursay, and all the shit that happened with him yep. and the, oh, God, and the prescriptions Ursay. and everything yeah, yeah, yeah. else a couple of years oh, yeah. ago. The Raiders never got fined. They never even fined for breaking the Rooney rule on hiring John Gruden. Yep. They Nothing. They got nothing. This old bastard is running. There wasn't even a hearing. And think about it, This old bastard is running the Bengals. He's running the Bengals like the worst fast food chain. The absentee owner. It, it would He's be the like, absentee owner. It'd be like, um, it, it, and the, the the problem is, is that all of these guys are filthy freaking rich. Yeah, you know, they're they are. Now, Mike they're Brown not millionaires. Is, they're billionaires, now, and Mike, they don't give a shit. And Mike Brown is not as rich as the rest. That's why he resents them all. He because, could be. Well, and he could be, but he's not because the, the where the wealth of the Brown family comes from is through the ownership of the Bengals. That franchise was bought by his father, Paul Brown. Way back when. Yeah. Way back in as an, ex- yeah. as, a, as an expansion team. And that's where, I mean, he got it super cheap. It's the same thing that happened with right. the Rooney family and the Steelers. It's just that Art Rooney was smart enough and his family was smart enough to take to the money build they on earned it. and keep yeah, building. to build on it. And this old bastard hasn't done this. No, because he's a bit... He is not... A, the, you know why he doesn't like Jerry Jones and Jerry Jones doesn't like him? Because he's not like Jerry Jones. No. He's riding the wave of nepotism from his father yeah. and staying wealthy as a result yeah. of it, but he's doing nothing to earn it yeah. I, or build it. I, I've talked about Jerry Jones in the past, and, and again, I'm not a Dallas Cowboys fan. If you know me well enough, I've heard this podcast, but you know, I don't like Dallas Cowboys. But God, I respect Jerry Jones, and I'll tell you where it all came from. He bought that team. They were the most valuable team in the league. They were really on a downhaul, and he trusted Jimmy Johnson. They built that team together, brought it back. Because they were going to go into just a shithole. Oh, yeah. They were headed that way, and they got there, and they were 1-15, and and he let it, we're going to do this the right way, and he built it. But then when he built that big stadium, that AT&T stadium, the Jerry... Gaudy piece of shit. But this is what I respect about him. I I see him... I want to say it was on Bryant Gumbel's show on HBO. This has mm-hmm. been about three or four years ago. He's Brian Gumbel's interviewing him. And, of course, Brian Gumbel's giving him softballs because he's a little bit Of course, he's Brian Gumbel. But one of the questions was, well, hey, 
they literally broke down the money and the interest alone on the loans that Jerry Jones had to take to build that stadium were in the hundreds of million dollars a year, mm-hmm. tens of millions a month mm-hmm. in just interest he's paying to get that stadium. Right. And he says, does that bother you? And he says, I'm losing sleep every night thinking about it. But <laughs> this is what I have to do. This is how I'm going to build this to the next level. And we're going to have the Dallas Cowboys there, and we're going to build this into the premier facility in the United States. And it is. What did he do? He has built that into what? The premier facility in the United States. It is by far the best facilities in NFL. Yeah. Coast to coast. The only one that's even in the category with it just hosted the Super Bowl. That's so fine. And that's brand new. And it's brand fucking new. And 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 it's a more beautiful stadium than Dallas's. I don't care what anyone says. Yes, and they... Because the stupid Jumbotron can't be hit by a punter. Yeah. Every yeah. time they freaking play. Yeah, but it, it's so fine. They they hit us big double the amount of money. Well, it's LA. Two so, billion yeah. versus four billion. Yeah. And, and yeah, so I mean, I look at it and I go, man, that's why, again, the Bengals don't deserve Joe Burrow. But going back to the Bengals and this team, where they're going to go. So it's pretty clear what their first priority has to be uh, O line. O line. They've got to do One, two, and three rounds, maybe the fourth round, all need to be yeah. front. Five. They gotta build that front five because yeah. fifty-one sacks coming into today, Joe Burrow will not yeah. last three seasons. Yeah, so fifty-one get, sacks in the regular he'll season. He'll MCL, ACL, and he won't be able to play yeah. anymore. Fifty-one, twelve in the postseason, and seven today. So that's seven today that's in seven. a Super Bowl. A Super Bowl team yeah. allowed seven sacks yeah. on their quarterback. Yeah, it Se- is ridiculous. Seventy sacks in a season. Can you be? Can you imagine how good if half of those sacks were erased? You know who? You know who's going to be calling Joe Burrow in the offseason and telling him you got to get the fuck out of Cincinnati? Archie Manning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Archie Manning needs to be like Joe Burrow needs to be on the phone to Archie Manning, and be like, "Hey, bro, how the fuck do I get out of here? What if? Oh, now what if we could get? What if we get Joe Burrow in Denver? Yeah. Instead of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I want Joe Burrow in New Orleans so bad. I know you uh, It's never going to happen. It's not. They, but we talked about what the we need is, What they before, need is ownership. So. Because I think he wants to be there. He wants to be there. He's I from he Ohio. I think he has a chance. He likes it. He does, and they do. He's, he's a great story for Ohio. It's a yeah. great story for Cincinnati. Yeah. And what they were able to do this year. Problem is, you have Mike Brown. Yeah. But you look at this offensive line. And I so, and we can say that, and I've said the same thing about Jerry Jones, because I, you say you respect him. I do respect him. He's an incredible businessman. He's really great at that. He's also great at PR yeah. and marketing. And I have said that if he, if if Jerry Jones does everything he does right now, minus one thing, it would be the best thing he could do for his football team. And remove himself from football operations. Absolutely. Yes. Hire a real general manager. Stay as the businessman. Mm-hmm. Stay on in PR yes. and marketing. Get yeah. in front of the camera. Keep selling it. Get out of the GM yeah. role. He Stay his, out of operations. Yeah. He and his son should not have anything to do with He should have operations. no conversation with the GM. He should have no yeah. conversation with the coach. He should have no input on yeah. that whatsoever. Stay out of football operations. Yeah. And they won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Why? Because they haven't been back in 25 years. Yeah. So here's the funny thing. So the Bengals depth chart, I'm looking at it right now. So the right side of the offensive line, which is just horrible. It's god awful. Isaiah Prince at right tackle, he's bad. Hakeem Adinaji is the current right guard. And he's the backup. 
Um, but he's horrid, and he's been... He did be like a drum the entire postseason. Uh, they'll both be gone next year, I would imagine. Let me see. Let's take a look at I would here. cut the entire line. Um, First and see. second and rebuild from scratch. They are god-awful. They um, had no running game, Isaiah and Prince, they couldn't protect for shit. <laughs> Isaiah Prince, you might as well call him dead man walking because he's, he's owed 965000 next year. He's owed $1.08 million in 2023. If you cut him, Zero dead cap. <laughs> Perfect. He gone. He's he, gone. He's gone. He gone. He's gonna um, be cut. He was a sixth round pick in twenty nineteen with the Dolphins. Isaiah Prince. Well, I, and I don't. And honestly, I don't know who to blame more. Is it ownership? Is it the GM? Is it the line? Or is it the coaches? Okay. Well, let, well because there's it's there is multiple layers of failure on the line here. Yeah. Um, you don't get a line that bad out of nowhere. Yeah. And Jackson Carmen, the left guard, the normal the normal left guard. He's the left guard, sorry. He's the left guard, not the right guard. Uh, he is still signed through 2022, 3, and 4. Uh, he was a second-round pick in 2021. Um, I'm not as bad on him being moved, moved as I am some others. But, Maybe uh, it's bad coaching there. Maybe yeah. he's recoverable. Maybe he's tradable. Yeah. The other one, so Adenajay was the one who's in there for Carmen. Let me see what Adenajay's situation is, I believe. Yeah, I did it to another cap casualty here. So he signed 22-23. Uh, this is a guy who was a sixth-round pick. Um, if he's cut, he has a dead money of 100000 2022 and 52000 So, again, there's your first two. They're gone. Um, going back to the depth I think here. the entire line right now is shaking their boots because they're hoping they have a job next week. Yeah. Let's see. Jonah Williams, the left tackle. This was, let me see here. And Jonah Williams, he's been hurt. So he is not. He was not the starter tonight. He has not been the guy who's been starting uh, through the year. I don't think. Let me see here. Left tackle has not been their biggest problem, and he has been a guy who's a first round. He's a first round pick in twenty nineteen. Um, but I wouldn't say he. Thing. Yeah, he didn't get. He's not getting attacked from behind. Yeah. He's getting attacked from. Right in front, yeah. right up the it's gut. It's that right side is bad. The right side and right up the gut, yeah. they're all coming that way. It's not like he's getting hit from behind. He's That's not the kind of problems he's having. Left tackle is maybe the most stable position, yeah. but at the same time, it's still an O-line that allowed 70 sacks, including the Super Bowl, 70 sacks this year. Yeah. That's unacceptable yeah. at any level. I, I, I stand corrected. He is, but he has been active. He's, he is the one I'm thinking of left tackle. Okay. So, I mean, they'll probably upgrade that left tackle. You can swing the left to the right if you wanted to. Sure. But I don't know. I got right side's got to be taken care of immediately. Um, again, the well, guy, it's, the guy when we were talking, looking at. Well, when we were looking at this today, let's, look, I mean, let's talk about Donald and the adjustments they made at halftime because he was not getting in from the outside. He was containing him in the pocket. Mm-hmm. But when they started stunting and Donald was coming up the middle, that's when he was getting the most pressure. That's when he was beating people. Yeah, it was the stunting. He really putting the pressure on Bro today. Yeah. I think everything between the tackles, I would replace everybody, but at a minimum, you got to get between the tackles fixed yeah. because that can't happen. And left tackle's going to have to get moved and get, get a legit left tackle. Yeah. Um, uh, if they can look at a guy like a Taron Armstead, mm-hmm. that's just a no-brainer to me. Um, but, yeah, I just, there. Defensively, man, their defense played really well tonight. And they have played well kept them in the it. whole they, playoffs. They've been they playing good up. all year, but they kept them in the game today. They're the reason yeah. they're still in the game. And, you know, I, 
Eli Apple is someone who I got, he got picked on a lot throughout this yeah, postseason. He got victimized today, but he he didn't he didn't get victimized the in the end. He had at one play, end. yes, but he played very well tonight compared yeah. to what he's. Look, I saw Eli Apple as a Saint. Um, I saw him as a Giant. I saw him that one year at the Panthers last year. This is a guy that just he's a really good tackler. Yes, he can play uh, in zone very well. He can play man on your less talented players, but he should never be on your number one guy. No, no. And any time that they got that the Rams were able to move the offense around and get Cup on Apple, and that's what happened in the end zone, the touchdown play. Yeah, they made him pay for it. And it wasn't even bad coverage when he no, got it Cup. wasn't. It wasn't. It's it, Cup. It Cup. It's, it's, it's made Cup's a great play. And, and Apple was not going to. And Apple was not going to make a great play. Uh, uh, Apple got burned by Hill. You know, yeah. in the first half of the Chiefs game, the, the, the big adjustment that they made, that the Bengals made in the second half, was that they basically switched yeah. Von Bell and, and Eli Apple. Yeah, and, you know, the, you got a couple yeah. penalties at the end there. What I, And I remember at the very beginning we were talking we were talking about that defense, and the one thing that I found refreshing was that when they came up, the first contact that was made on the defense, they were wrapping them up. Yeah. They weren't. Bouncing them off, hoping to knock them over. They were wrapping them up yeah. and stopping them, which is refreshing. I frustrates the hell out of me the that Bengals, in defense in the NFL, more often than not, they're just throwing a shoulder, hoping to knock them over, yeah, the and Bengals, not wrapping them and no, stopping them. The, Bengals, the Bengals are doing that the correctly. The Bengals tackled really well tonight, and I and, they, and I I really appreciate that. I, I think they're going to. I think the Bengals offense going to hit this offensive line hard. I think a veteran corner would be helpful. Yes, I think if you can make Eli Apple your nickel corner, I think you're doing really well. Yeah. I think I'd be a really good nickel corner. I that's where a guy like Patrick Peterson makes a difference. I think. Yeah. Um, I also think safety wise, man, I'd love to see Tyron Matthew out there with him. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think it's likely. I, I think that I, the Chiefs have got two big decisions to make, and he's one of them. And they have not. Say they, the Chiefs he, have not done well by Tyron Matthew this year. No, they have not. And, and I'll, I'll talk about that here in a second. But I. I, I think there's ample opportunity for Tyre Matthew to say "fuck you" and leave. Now he has said he wants to stay. He likes Kansas City and he likes the. Chiefs and I wouldn't blame him for, to wanting to stay. It's yeah. a, and it's and it's another situation. We talked about. It. There's reason for him to stay. To stay. You got Patrick Mahomes. You got Travis yeah. Kelsey. You got Tyreek Hill. You got a good shot at playoffs yeah. and Super Bowls, yeah. not just this year, but for yeah. a few years to come. There's reasons for him to stay. That does not mean yeah. that they're going to do it. Yeah. Because if I have to choose between Tyron Matthew and Tyreek Hill, it's it's going to be Hill. See, I disagree. I, keep I disagree hundred percent, and here's why. I think that Tyron Matthew is a guy who plays the safety position, where he plays safety like a linebacker, and he can literally play at each three levels of, sure, the, of the defense. Sure, and nobody else in the Chiefs can do that. Um, and with Tyree Hill, yes, he is so fast, but he cannot catch the football. But he's a difference maker. He, That's the thing. But is this year he has when they have needed something and they didn't have anyone else available. Tyreek made something happen yeah, in critical situations, and he can do a, that. See, okay, so and I, this year is kind of an up and down thing for Patrick Mahomes. I, I think there were good times and bad times, and when he needed a bailout, he bailed out to Hill. I'll say this this way: if Two, last year Hill, and the year before, he bailed out to Kelsey. If this Tyree year Hill, people were wise to that, and they had to bail to Hill. Yeah, if Tyreek Hill is not on the Chiefs. If he isn't with, if he has a big arm quarterback like like a Mahomes, yeah. like Allen, 
Herbert. Those were the three guys that they had the big arms. Yeah. Rodgers kind of does. He doesn't throw it as on target as those guys do. He's more of a throw it deep through well, a high the ball, thing. those are your primary, yeah. especially your but younger primary quarterback. If he doesn't have one of those type of quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you can't enjoy what he does best. Yes. Yeah. And so his value, Tyreek Hill's value is higher with the Chiefs. Yes. Than it is with practically any team. Yeah, if he went to anyone that wasn't, if it wasn't, yeah. like, I could see him playing well with Burrow. I could see him playing with Allen. See, I don't think he would be well with Burrow. I think he could only because I think Burrow it be, gives him dimension. But see, Burrow doesn't have the arm those guys no, have, and no. he can't drop that 50-yard bomb. But he has the speed. And yeah. with a terrible line, Tyreek Hill's speed is an asset if you want to get the ball out quick and get him moving. Yeah. But see, you're more apt to use them. Do you have bigger receivers? Yes. This is where I think the Bengals, that's what the Bengals did. That's why they went and got Jamar Chase. And they could Gronk. They could have that. They had Penny Sewell. They had Penny Sewell. And they could have got Penny Sewell at tackle yeah. or Jamar Chase in the draft. And I mean, I was the guy going, well, fuck, dude, that's, neither is a bad choice. Mm-hmm. And most of the time you would say, well, if you get your you know, generational tackles, you take them. They opted not to, took Chase instead. Sewell goes the next pick to the to the um, Lions. And I think when you look at it, you go, okay, well, um, my point of the big receivers, you got Chase, Higgins, and Boyd. They're all big targets. Yeah. When Burrow is a really good, I mean, he's not quite like an escape artist, but look at like Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady's best receivers. When he needed bailouts on third downs, unless you schemed a couple of things Evans. where you're big you're guys, Gronk. big Gronk, yeah. it was Mike Evans and Randy Moss. It was, um, I mean, even yeah. some of those guys that he had, they were just big targets. Yeah. Big targets are going to be important in Joe Burrow's career. More sure, so than I sure. think Patrick Mahomes, because Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to throw it deeper. He'll be able to get some things deep that just, that's just not what Joe Burrow can do. Not what he can do right now. Your arm's not going to get better like that. No, no, it's not going to get better, but I think that there's, there are ways to incorporate yeah. a guy like a Tyreek Hill into Joe yeah. Burrow's game that can really add yeah. dimension just, to it. I just think that, that they I, don't have right now. I think the Chiefs are going to extend Hill. I, I agree. And I think I agree. they're going to let they're going to let Matthew go. Yeah, this is all hypothetical because yeah. I don't think Hill's going anywhere. Yeah, I think that, well, I think that Hill stays. Yeah. They, he gets extended, and I think that Matthew is the one who's the, the captain. Yeah. And um, to me, that's a little bit of a mistake, but it does work in their offense. Yeah. Now, what I think about Tyron Matthew is that I look at it and go, well, you look at the Chiefs when they had this thing early in the season where they were just awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, let's be honest. That defense was gone. And, and, and I'm going to be real blunt. In the first half of the year. Chiefs really weren't a great team this year. No, they were not. They're, they're, if you go pull, I was surprised you, what they did in the you second You heard what half. I said earlier a couple weeks ago about what they did against playoff teams. Yes. One and three against playoff teams. Yeah. Against, against, against the final seven. Themselves and the other seven of the final eight. Yeah. One and three, that one that one win was against the Packers with no Rodgers. Right. And when I look at that and I go, well, wait a minute. If you look early in the season, what the Chiefs did when their defense got better through the middle of the season, it was real simple what they did. And and, and I'm convinced of this, and, and I, Tyron Matthews, gonna, his agents are going to tell him this, this is going to be said. Early in the season, the Chiefs tried to use Daniel Sorensen as Tyron Matthews. Yeah. They tried to say, let's get this white boy 
because he's not a real good cover guy. But let's get him up in the, up in that front seven. Let's let him get to the quarterback. He's 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 got he's got the want to. Yeah. And he does have the want to. He just happens to be the worst defensive back I've ever seen. In the NFL. <laughs> now Daniel Sorensen could be a decent nickel linebacker. Decent, yes. A guy, a guy who could sit in the middle he, of the field, and if you're going to run a little mesh play in front of him, he's going to step up and hit your tight end. He's, he's, he's not a, an answer. He's a he's a positional yeah. player. He could fit in the right scheme. But he's in the, the right, worst you know, defensive with, with back the, I've ever seen. And a good coach. He needs a good, he needs worst a good system. day-for-day day starting defensive back I've ever seen in the NFL is Daniel Sorensen. And what they tried to do early in the year was the Chiefs said, okay, we know this kid can't play. We know he ain't that good. But he's a... You know, he's he's a locker room favorite amongst half the locker room, and we know what we mean by half the locker room. You know, you, yeah, we locker know. rooms are segregated in the NFL, <laughs> and you know he's popular in half the locker room. He's popular in the forty-two percent of the locker room, not the fifty-eight percent that doesn't get coaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so and he's a fan favorite in Kansas City. You know, that's the complexion for the protection of the collection. I was going to put it that way. People who don't who are catching might, might get down with yeah. So anyway, they thought, well, let's put him up there because he does like to tackle. He is physical. Sure. Let's put him up toward the line of scrimmage like we do Matthew, and we'll have Matthew drop back and be a ball hawk. Because especially when he was in college at LSU, his first few years with the Texans, he was a ball hawk. But it didn't work. That team got a lot better. When Sorensen went to the bench, and Matthew was back to being the guy who goes to all three levels of the sure. defense. Sure. He can play safety and be at the line of scrimmage. He can play safety and be at your linebacker, your second level. He can be the guy who's coming over the top and helping in coverage. Mm-hmm. He can cover somebody. I think he's one of the most versatile defensive players, not just in the league now, but maybe in league history. Yes. And so, to me, that's why I'm thinking that i got to keep it. That guy, not just the fast guy. But, and I'll say this, and this is something specifically at the Chiefs, and this goes, you know, this isn't like I just found it. I grew up here, I've been around a long time with the Chiefs and lamented them for decades now. (laughs) The Chiefs have never made the the right personnel choices, which is why I'm not a fan of theirs. They always go with the popular choices. Yeah. I see where you're going with that. I think the big thing now is I think the Chiefs, especially their fandom, gives a lot of leeway to Andy Reid. Of course they do. In my view, he doesn't deserve. No, he does not. I'm one of these that I was not a... Yeah, they've gone to four consecutive conference championships, and he did three consecutive when he was the Eagles. But what was the knock on Andy Reid and the Eagles? He was too cute when it was kind of crunch time. He's too, and he's still too and cute. And he's still damn he's too still cute. still too cute. I talk about it every week on here. That that was their Achilles heel. It's where he's at now. And that's going to be a problem for them. And I and I still, even this year, see problems from... We saw it this year with in Dallas. And he they were the, the biggest offenders of this. Yeah. But you saw flashes of this as well with Andy Reid and the Chiefs where clock management was was poor. He's the worst. He and Mike McCarthy Mike McCarthy are the two worst we've ever seen it. By, this year especially, Mike McCarthy is by far the worst. Yeah. 
Across. It wasn't one time. It wasn't in the playoffs. Yeah. It was multiple times throughout the year. I, you saw that problem rearing its ugly head, and it's why they lost that game. I, I never they understood was, well, this. Why they were out of that game over a stupid play yeah. call. I have, I have thought this for years. The NFL has a salary cap. You can only spend so much money on players. But right. you know what you can always spend a lot of money on and nobody cares? You can spend a shitload of money on coaches. Exactly. And why some of these NFL teams don't have a clock guy. Yeah. A guy that sits down with the head coach and the coordinators and says, hey, guys, here's what we're going to do situation here. Well, we got the clock, you know. And I know there was someone who did it because they hired, oh, God, the old Vikings coach, like Ned Flanders. <laughs> um, I can't think of his name now, but um, he was on the I'm on him now, too. Yeah. <laughs> He was uh, he was the basically a clock guy. Yeah, and um, I, I find I, I found it I find it inexcusable as a professional team's head coach yeah. that you don't know how to clock manage. Yeah, Mike I, McCarthy is the worst. Of it. And what pisses me yeah. off about Dallas, they make excuses for him. It's the offensive coordinator problem over here, or the defensive coordinator because they're not good. Mm-hmm. No, in any other team, the head coach. Is where the buck stops. You are responsible for everything that happens there. Yeah. I don't want to hear about the OC yeah. or the DC or the quarterbacks coach or whatever is responsible for X, Y, or Z. If it yeah. fails, you failed. Yeah. And that's the part about that with Dallas and Mike McCarthy that drives me insane. And it's the same thing kind of with, with the Chiefs where they give Andy Reid the pass on these coaching mistakes that he shouldn't make. He's not a young coach. These are things that have should have been ironed out and are a part of coaching and have been so for his entire career. Yeah. And he's still making those mistakes. It's unacceptable. But they give him the pass because he's got a good team. Patrick Mahomes is leading him to the playoffs year after year, and it's fine. I was pulling up here while you were talking, and I agree with you 100%. Uh, I just pulled up the, um, the draft order yeah, yeah. for the first three rounds. Look at Denver sitting at nine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Denver at nine. Philly sitting there at fifteen and sixteen. That's going to end up another area where they can make a trade. Giants, Jets. Yeah. Giants has got five and seven, and yeah. the Jets are at four. Yeah. Wow. And, and yeah, the, yeah, yeah. When I'm trying to look at those, where are the better teams? Is there anybody who has something where they can trade up? Who, who can go get a player this year? I um, think someone that if I'm looking at this right off the bat, Pittsburgh. Doesn't have a Roethlisberger, and they need to do something. They, they are praying and hoping that Kenny Pickett, the quarterback for the University of Pittsburgh, falls to them. That's not going to happen. But he ain't getting past that team. Yeah, yeah. Team. That's what I'm saying. If I'm looking at this yeah. at 20, New Orleans at 18, and with the California problems they have, they need a rookie quarterback yeah. they can start looking at for the future. Yeah. So if I'm Pittsburgh, I'd be looking. I'd be looking at somebody like... This is also uh, the looking to move up to probably the Giants. They have two at five and seven, and granted, they need they need a lot of help. But there's there's work that can be done with Pittsburgh yeah. to get one of those, and the Jets yeah. as well have a couple of early round well, we, picks. And we talked about you know some of those teams that are the good teams. Sometimes you'll have a, you'll see a good team that popped a trade, and they all of a sudden have been the top ten somewhere. Yeah, no, you don't see that in any of these teams. So for instance, to go from the bottom, so Fatty said the thirty one, obviously that's not going to happen. Um, the Rams were 32, but that picks down Detroit's from the, tra- from the Stafford trade. Yeah. Chiefs were 30. Um, Green Bay is 28. Uh, Buffalo's are 25. We were talking about other ones. We said the five destinations were what? Buffalo, Kansas City, 
wherever Rogers wherever Rogers ends up Cincinnati uh, so Cincinnati and there it, was uh, oh so San Diego San Diego San Diego, San Diego yeah. picks uh, uh, seven no that's seventeen. Seventeen, yeah. Or I guess it's the first we round. say keep even now we're still saying San Diego and it's not. It's, it's LA, yeah, it's the, it's LA Chargers. the Chargers are at seventeen. Yeah. Uh, Denver's the one team that's in the top ten. So you have a chance. There's a chance. So there's a chance, huh? Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know. So I, I don't see I'm looking at the top five and I don't see him getting past you know, there's there's a this lot that a, needs to be done. And this is a bad a bad draft quarterback. Yeah, there's not much out there. A bad quarterback draft. Yeah, there's only two or there's maybe three, three first-rounders, but there, none of them would be first-rounders any other years. There's Kenny Pickett Agreed. from Pitt. Uh, Malik Lewis, I believe his name is, from Liberty, who is a guy who's just an athlete. I haven't seen him play but once. Mm-hmm. Um, I like his athleticism, but I don't know how good a quarterback he is. And then Matt Corral from Mississippi, from Old Mess, who... Mm-hmm. I, I think has a lot of skills, but I'm not sure he'll be in. A, I'm not sure that any of those guys, if not in the right situation, is going to be a, right. a, a franchise yeah. guy. Because you're looking right now. I mean, Houston, Carolina, just off the bat, as I'm looking at who needs, you know, they still got their Deshaun Watson drama happening yeah. right now. They don't have a quarterback for nothing. Yeah. Carolina has imploded on their quarterback positions for the last two years. Yeah, and there's a lot of talk there about what they're going to have to do. And the Carolina picking at six. They're a team that's going to have to look at a quarterback. they got they got to get something. Yeah. Um, I want to kind of get things rolling. We're, we're, we're running here at an hour and a half already. I'm going to go ahead and get us out of here for a few minutes. Um, but I want to ask... Hell, we just started. What are you talking we, about? We can go. You and I can go all night. We can go all we, night long. We don't want anybody sitting here in the car for six hours listening to us. Um, give me um, what you think this offseason, as we see the NFL yesterday, what do you think is going to be the sort of the, uh, the story of the offseason? What do we do? The, what are we, last year it was Aaron Rodgers. It was what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. Right now so it's still kind of Aaron Rodgers. I think until he decides on a team, everything, I think most of the league is kind of kind of hold their breath and wait and see because yeah. they really want to make that decision. I think that's going to be, probably, what, two weeks from now they'll yeah. probably announce something. I would be surprised if it came out in the next couple of days. I probably think that yeah. they, want to, they want to let that settle um, and have him get into talks yeah. and see where he wants to go. Well, teams um, can't start making deals until March 1. But they can start talking. They can, talking. They can yeah. start talking. Yeah. You know, we the rest of the month, they can have conversations. They can start, and he can start planning. So when March 1 comes along, yeah. we start looking at cuts. We start looking at where Aaron Rodgers is going to end up. Because, you know, we both agree he's not staying in Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, and there's very few people. A lot of people are keep making the argument he should. I don't see that happening. I, I see more I arguments for, for him to leave. And I don't even think he should stay. I don't think he should. I think he's, I think he's done with the. Forget everything else. It's the organizational process of how things work. He sees that if it's not on his back, Green Bay doesn't win a Super Bowl, and he wants out. He wants to help. You live in Denver. Yeah. Do Denver fans want Aaron Rodgers? I think there are Denver fans hoping. a lot. Of, I think there are a lot of t- Denver fans hoping to get Aaron Rodgers because they see the tools that we have, and we see that with an Aaron Rodgers, you could draw the last of what you need to really make a – a stand up yeah. against Kansas City to make a stand against the rest of the division and the AFC because it is a tough division. You still have no matter what in the division you got to face Mahomes twice. Yeah, 
you got to face Herbert twice. If you get out of that division, uh, just the division, stay in the conference, you got to play yeah. Lamar Jackson. You got to play Josh Allen. You got to play those guys. That was one of the arguments I made a couple weeks ago where I said that this shit is not guaranteed for anybody anymore. So, mm-hmm. like, I got in a big argument with a friend of mine. He says, well, Burrow's no better than Mahomes, and Mahomes already done these couple things. He's going to have a better career. And I go, look, this shit ain't promised to any of them. No. You know, it's I, competitive. And, and that's why and, and it's going to be harder because now you got all these guys in the same conference. you got two or three of them in the same division. And it's going to be hard for Burrow with Lamar in the same division. Yep. It's going to be hard for Mahomes with Herbert in the same division and possibly Rodgers. There's going to be someone who decides... Yeah, fuck this. I'm dropping over to the NFC. Yeah, they're, they're gonna be. There are definitely gonna be players like that. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has nearly as much fear as all that because no. he's seen this before. Yeah, he's seen. You know, he's faced off against the Peyton Mannings of the world, the Tom Brady's of the world. Yeah, it's not like new territory for him. Yeah. This is a question of who is set up to give him what he needs. Yeah, the things he's been lacking and the support he's been lacking in Green Bay. Who has that? Yeah. because what he can do. Is take that to the next level for any of any whatever team that yeah. is. He doesn't care if he has to if he has to make face Mahomes twice. Who cares? Yeah, I give you a okay. bold prediction this off season. A bold prediction in the off season. A player move, a team ch- move, something. A team decision. Team moving. Anyway. A, <laughs> yeah. a team decision. A player move that doesn't include the Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't include the unless you think it's Aaron Rodgers going somewhere else. That's not Denver. Not Denver. Well, I would say that there's, you know, there's always been speculation. Yes, there is an attraction to, um, to the 49ers yeah. as a good place where the pieces are there. He'd yeah. have the support. He has ties to there. You know, we also know that he's, you know, bought property in Nashville. I don't think he's going to Nashville to play. He may yeah. be going there to live, but I don't think he's going there to play. Yeah. Um, so, bold prediction. Oh, God, off the top of my head. I... You tell me. I I I gotta think about this for a sec because okay. I keep trying to. to my, my, I don't know my, right now. I don't know. My right biggest now. bold prediction is that I think Tyron Matthews gonna be a free agent. I think that he's gonna be gone. Okay. Uh, that one, and I think that we're gonna see a top free agent spurn spurn a bigger contract to go play with one of those young bucks, Mahomes, Allen, or Burrow. I think we're going to see somebody say, yeah, I can make $20 million over here for each of the next three, but let me take 10 here to get the ring. I, have, I, I think it's going to be one. I have one that I'm going to gift to you, and then I'm going to speculate on another. Okay. I think that Joe Burrow gets his indoor practice facility. You better. And at least he gets commitment to the indoor practice facility. They're not going to build it in three months. But I think he gets a commitment to the indoor facility he wants. Um, and I would speculate the drama with Kyler Murray grows. See, I can see that too. I don't think that... I don't think that um, I'm not saying he leaves, but I see the drama yeah. around that really grow. Okay, so what becomes the, um, the outcome? Potentially a request for a trade? I think it's bigger than that. I think it's Kingsbury's gone. Really? 
I don't think he's very good coach, first of all. No, I don't think anyone thinks he's that very guy, good coach. That guy, I mean, he was, he was the USC's <laughs> offensive coordinator. Somehow, Forrest gumped his way into being the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, talking about getting by on looks alone. Coach yeah. Kingsbury's done it. Um, I, I think that you're onto something there. Um, I do have one other bold prediction. I think Russell Wilson forces himself out of Seattle. I, I didn't I, I didn't know what to I know there's something to happen with Russell Wilson yeah. but I kind of, well, the problem I had as a bold prediction is I wouldn't I wasn't yeah. sure where he'd go see I think I don't he, know where he would go I think he ends up with the Giants you think the Giants I think I think you know, he, I, I think it's the Giants I think it's the NFC still um, I thought it was more as much of a problem I think he's a better fit for a Steeler well I see that's the second place I think he could yeah. end up but yeah you go to the Steelers you're in the same division with Lamar and Burrow. Again, yeah. he's this this he, Russ. He's not a rookie. Russell's been around no, a few I years agree. now. Again, whether he faces him yeah. in the playoffs, whether he faces him in interdivisional play, yeah. I don't think he's as concerned yeah. about having to face off against yeah. a Josh Allen but, or 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 Patrick Mahomes remember, as as others would be. Remember, we looked at that draft order. Yeah, five and seven were the Giants. Yes, that's a pretty good haul for Russell Wilson. That's true. If he goes there, he can get support. Yes. And I can even see it be a the five, the seven. They get the seven from the, from the Bears, right? And then the, that third, that, that thirty-six. 30, no, uh, no, no I, don't more, think it's, I don't think it's thirty-six. I think it's sixty-seven. Uh huh. The third round pick. I I can see that. I could see that too if he goes to the Giants. Yeah. I think the better. Think and, the, and here's why I say it's attractive is because again, Mike Tomlin never had a losing season yet. He's He's a minority coach who has not had a losing season. Yeah. That is I something think, to be said. And keeps, it bears repeating every time yeah. his name comes up. Here's why I think Russ is going to go to New York. Um, I think Russ is already planning for his post-career. His post sure. Um, I, I saw Russ on the Manning cast twice. Yeah. I've yeah, seen yeah. Russ on some of the different, different stuff. Um, we talked a few weeks ago, me and Ellen talked about it, like players we think will be great people on TV. Yeah. Russell Wilson with my number one pick. He's Four very char- on camera. He's very charismatic. I, I think he's he'll be a great. I think he'll be a great analyst. I think that Russell Wilson, when he retires, will be a very good TV guy. Yes, yes. And for I which think, channel? I don't know. And I think that going to New York just helps. And I can yeah. see Russell Wilson being that he's got the celebrity wife, everything else. I can see and, him parlaying yeah. the Giants in, in New York City. He. He is. It's been said, speculated, that if he was going to leave, he wants to go east, and he wants to be in a big city. Yeah. I, I just I see that happening, and the Giants have the draft capital for it. I expected to see it more. I was kind of getting away from it a couple weeks ago, um, but when Pete Carroll stayed. Yeah, yeah. I thought maybe they would get together and try to go make one more round together. Sure. But they got a lot of work to rebuild that team. I'm surprised Pete Carroll stayed. I'm, I'm surprised he stayed too. I honestly saw, thought that this offseason would see both Carroll and Russell and that's leave Seattle. Thought, that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. I thought right. that the, I thought Carroll I thought would take was, a year off and then he'd get another coaching job well, somewhere. I, I thought that Pete Carroll and the Seahawks were going to mutually decide it's no longer a good fit. Yeah. Um, because Pete's getting older. I mean, he's he's near seventy. Yeah. And uh, even though he runs around like he's forty-five. He may be he may be doing down. something where he's sticking around whilst yeah. a, 
a, another coaching option yeah. is kind of just holding yeah. him there. Yeah. You know, wait till they're if let let him handle the transition yeah. of Russell out. Yeah. And then hand this off to another yeah. coach. Later. And then uh, in a year I think or two. that's the big one. The, but my two big takes was I think that Matthew's going to end up against his what his liking. I think Matthew's going to end up being the collateral damage in Kansas City, and yeah. I think that Russell's going to force his way out. Yeah. I I see drama in Arizona around Kyler Murray. It could it could I do too. I, I most likely right. think I think you're right. I think it does force Kingsbury out. But I think he's willing to play that trade yeah. card to say I don't want to. I'm not going to play for this coach anymore, and you got to pick between the two of us. And I think it ends up Kingsbury out um, versus him, but not to say that it couldn't be him going to another team. All right. Um, All right. Off the football topic for a minute. I'm going to go, you are my guy when it comes to things like um, uh, TV shows. You know, I don't watch TV. I just, you know, we were talking about that in my house. I don't watch very many movies. I don't watch very TV. I know a little bit about what's going on. I need you to make some suggestions, not just to me, but to the listeners. What are we missing out there right now? We talked a little bit about how <laughs> I'm so far behind. I've seen like two episodes of The Mandalorian. Ain't watched Bubba Fett yet. I still haven't finished Hawkeye. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I got like two more episodes of Hawkeye to catch up on. It's how little TV I watch. If it ain't, if it ain't sports or an occasional movie, I'm not watching it. Sure. Um, all right, so you gotta tell me what do I have to watch, and then what you recommend to others? Because you know, there's certain shit I just don't watch. Yeah, like I I'm into the fantasy kind of stuff. And see, that's the thing where I, I think, I if I were to recommend a show to you that's not Star Wars, uh-huh. because it seems like that. Has and a, I like Star Wars. You like stuff. Star Wars, and yet you can't get into the Mandalorian and Baby, and Baby Yoda with Grogu. That drives me I'm crazy how it. that works. Because, but if you're gonna watch. Do, finish, do The Mandalorian and then watch Boba Fett because Mandalorian Season 3 is coming up soon. Yeah. Um, and that all ties together. That's yeah. all kind of same timeline, same universe. Yeah. They interact with each other. There's crossover there. Do that. Uh, you're not a big fantasy guy, but I think this is up your alley is The Witcher. Witcher. Tell me about the, the Witcher. Witcher. That's Henry Cavill's show on Netflix. Okay, I've heard about that. And it is, it is, it's beautiful on Netflix because they put the money into it. They re, they respect the story. Henry Cavill is great at it, um, and it is not, you know, it's uncensored. Oh, okay. This is one of those where it is kind of that hard R. Yeah. Available. You can't have that on Disney Plus. Disney no, Plus. Is no, you're not going to get that on Disney Plus. So I would say, okay. if you know, as a fantasy show, I they just wrapped up. They just released and have wrapped up season two. Of the Witcher, it's only it's not long. It's eight episodes each season. Okay. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, I highly recommend you check that out. Because okay. um, like that's where I would go. But do watch the Mandalorian. I know you. I, it's blasphemy that you said it, but I, I understand. What I you're went. At. I, so people who don't know where, where are, I stopped watching on the whole Mandalorian was. All right, so I I like Star Wars, but there's certain things about Star Wars I don't like. I hate the Ewoks, and I. And Yoda is my least favorite of all Jedi. Oh, of all the Jedi. Well, you know what? He made me my second. Him and Luke Skywalker are my two least favorite. Oh, my God. Now, I have already you seen. You are about to get flame ward on now. now. You I are going to get trolled. I have already hard. said that I've seen the episode. Or I've seen the, 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 the part where Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. is on the Mandalorian. I've seen the scene already. Yeah. I actually used it as a. Uh, a meme describing Joe Burrow when he had that two games back to back with the 400 yards. Yeah. Um, but here's why 
I consider myself more evil. I'm more dark side. <laughs> I'm not full on Palpatine you, dark. You, you need a good. But I'm a, you know me long enough. I'm a hard Darth Vader. Yeah, you know I'm yeah. I'm 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 darker than Luke Skywalker. I'm not quite the dark. I'm kind of like Darth Vader at the end, where he's like, "I'm sorry, you know, for cutting my son's hand off." Yeah. I thought about cutting my son's hand off at least three or four times today in the last <laughs> six months. So, um, yeah, I love there was a, there was like the old uh, I don't know if he still does it or not on YouTube. There was the uh, Doc Vader, mm-hmm. Doc Vader. Mm-hmm. You know, it was one of his lines was "Dark Side for Life." That's really kind of my yeah. thing. I kind of enjoy that dark side for life. So okay, yeah, I, I consider myself a half-ass villain. Okay, I would say yeah. another one, and I don't know how much you are into animated, but uh, on Amazon, uh, Invincible. Invincible. Okay. Yeah, it's an animated show, but it's a bit, but it's one of those where the U.S. is is finally really starting to tap into animation for adults. Okay. Um, and uh, J.K. Simmons is the is, is in there, and there's and he's one of the lead voices actors okay. on that. And it's it's a superhero show. It's animated, okay. but it's it's much more towards. It's not for children. Okay. Well, this I is one where kids, you know people die. It's bloody. It's beautiful. You gotta watch that. That's I, a good I, one. I just said, you, I just said I don't have do kids. Get, I do have do a kid. Get villains. There are there are sites to be chosen. You do have good villains in that show. Witcher's a little bit more complicated. It is fantasy. Um, it, but that that is based on a much bigger book story. There's much more intrigue in that. I just thought you might appreciate that. But Invincible is one on, on on Amazon that I think you would like. Okay. All right. Now you got to give my listeners, people who are listening, not me. Okay. Give everybody else something. But what are they missing out there? Because I know you know your shit, man. I I'm not into everything. I do have a job. I do have you know work and you life do. and things yeah, like you, that. You know, but I would say, if anything, the one thing, uh, if, you're, if you're into it, what's coming up, the Obi-Wan series is coming soon. Very yeah. soon. I'm excited for you that. Ewan McGregor, they are bringing back Hayden Christensen. That is something to definitely, if you're going to get yeah. into that, go ahead and watch The Mandalorian. Finish Boba Fett. That just wrapped this last week on their last episode for the okay. season. Uh, and it was done well. I thought it, I have my opinions on it, but I, overall I thought it was done well. Um, Oh, the Obi-Wan series is something we've been talking about a long time. Mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor's really into it. I'm looking forward to it. That's coming very soon. I think okay. it's in May. Okay. Um, I, I know they have a release date. I just I have forgotten it off the top of my head after all, everything we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so I definitely I go for that. Um, have you seen Squid Game? I, I was I, I like Squid Game. I watched okay. it. I know. Oh yeah, we talked about it. You did watch. Yeah, Squid I watched Game. it over two days. Yeah, and I got into Squid yeah, Game. Yeah, there's a few of those shows that are like Squid yeah. Game that have come over from Korea. There, there's a lot uh, more Asian influence showing up me, on Netflix, and I haven't checked all those out. But it's you know, I it's felt, on my to do list. I felt like when I was watching Squid Game because the vivid colors, yeah, and the way the music was in the background, it was yeah. very Stanley Kubrick to me. It's meant to be kind of creepy because it's it's meant to feel like? in like an like an outside alien world because the they they live they come from the real world when they're shooting in the city everything's very much normal yeah so when they go off to this it's meant to take you out of your comfort zone yeah. it's meant to treat you um, in this way where just because it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like the rest of the world doesn't mean it's not really happening yeah. you know. 
so I, I thought it was done and shot very well. I'm, look, I'm really looking forward to what they can do in season two. Well, I think they've announced that there is going to be a season two. I heard it was talking about It's been rumored. They left it open at the end of the show. I think they have now committed to it, but I don't know when production or any of that's going to start. Okay. I, I, you know, I'm not up to date on that. Okay. Um, All right. Um, well, that's some stuff I need to go ahead. You had something else there. You well, not, not for this, though. I'll go what we talked about earlier. Yeah, go for it. You were talking about shutting. We, we got you in town. You had something that brought you into yeah, town. So I, you, I'm going to let you talk I'm about not that just here on vacation. I came, um, you know, for a reason. And so I just want to go ahead and take a quick opportunity to, um, for those who didn't know and for those who do, offering my, passing along our prayers and thoughts, our condolences to the Blanco family and the Blanco clan, the Washer clan. Yeah. Um, when I moved to Topeka a long time ago, they were. They became, you know, a very close part of my family. They yeah. were, we were very close together growing up, um, and in a couple of weeks ago, uh, they lost Debbie Blanco, yeah. and, who has been uh, a light to a lot of people, um, and was. They were a second family to me growing yeah. up, and my sister and our family and everything. We we done a lot of things together growing up, so. Now, for those who didn't know, um, you know, give them, a, you know, thoughts and prayers to them. Um, those who did are aware of this and know that, you know, she's in our hearts and our thoughts yeah. and our prayers uh, going forward. You know, and I know I've known Anthony since we were all younger, too. And mm -hmm. so, uh, but I, I wasn't as close to his family, but I, I know Anthony and just, I know it's hard to lose a parent and never wanted to go through that. And so uh, my thoughts and prayers are with the Black O family as well, so. Keep those people. If you know, if you know us and you know Anthony, keep them in your thoughts and prayers. If you're close enough and you know him, shoot him a text, shoot him a call, message something. Let him know you're thinking about him. I think it's a great thought. Yeah, I think. I think that, like a Facebook post. Just yeah. I think I know that there are a lot of people knowing that. I know that a lot has gone through yeah. that. But if you didn't know, you know, just keep her, keep them in your thoughts and your prayers. That it's, yeah. it's it's always hard when you lose someone. Well, Ben, thank you for coming in, man. Almost two hours. You and I could talk. You, we could go all. We, we really could. could. We, we could be here till Tuesday. We can make your you editor just go completely insane. You made me have to sit for you know seven hours. Yeah. We could do that. Tyler, but... there's no way Tyler's gonna go through all of it and edit any of it. <laughs> we actually don't do a lot of editing. Like what literally would do a little here, a little how the sausage is made. I record it. I send it to Tyler. If there's something that I want taken out. And occasionally I'll say something I regret or say something I probably shouldn't have said. Leave or this, cut or this, yeah, let's cut. Section. And so I'll find the timeage and give it to Tyler. Now I do know how to do a little bit of it, uh, that kind of thing. And yeah. then he puts the music in the beginning and the end, uh, that sort of thing. So sure. yeah. I was going to actually put my introduction to you with some music in the background just for uh, that. <laughs> put a little pimp music in there, but I decided not to. A little WWE um, intro music. Yeah, I was thinking about that. But you know, what we got to do is, uh, again, ladies, if you're in the Denver area. God, Lord, man. Pour a little. <laughs> take, take your best rum. Go to the liquor store, buy your best rum. Get a little bit. Just pour it on your front door. And then set your tender settings to 50, 50 miles. And magically, like the great gazoo, oh, you it'll pop it. out of nowhere. It helps if you play golf. Hey, you, hey and that's. <laughs> if hey, you I play like golf. Hey, 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 and you don't notice, but our, 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 our listeners, number one city for our listeners, Lawrence, Kansas. Number two, Denver. Denver. If you play golf. Yeah. So I, we got to thank Token Girl on that because uh, Ellen, being the co-host of the Point Five, brings a lot of uh, 
folks over. So folks who do listen, we did a scramble with her a couple yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah. And we're gonna, we're we, gonna, we, she, you know, we play. We're gonna get something coming out. A few of us are gonna come out and see y'all this summer. We're already, cool, we're already cool. working on something for that. For Good y'all, deal. So, um, man, thank you for coming in, man. I appreciate it. And uh, hey, if you're listening, so uh, I gotta ask Ricardo. You know about Truck Club yet? What Truck Club? No. And Truck Club is one of our sponsors here. So we. You know, obviously, you know, we go and we got to do this. We have people who they got to help our sponsors out. You're gonna have to explain this well, to me because my club. head is going many. Have you heard? Of, have you heard of Stitch Fix? Stitch Fix. How do I know that? I, okay, I have okay I'm just gonna explain it from the beginning. This. Yeah, right? start from the beginning. Trunk Club is a clothing. It's run by Nordstroms and is a clothing, um, uh, an apparel company inside of Nordstroms that basically is like a personal shopper. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you go on the website. I got to pull it up here. And when you go to our show notes, there's a link inside of our show notes. We don't okay, have a promo yeah. code. we got a link in your show notes. So you can do that while you're listening to us right now. You can go to the little link while you listen to me talk, and you mm-hmm. click on it. And $50, $50 off your first trunk. But you put in your size. You go to the website or you go to the app. Mm-hmm. You say, hey, I'm this tall. I weigh this much. I like these kind of clothes. And what they'll do is they're going to get their personal shoppers to help pick out items for you. Oh. And they send you this big fucking trunk in the mail. It's like, you know, two feet wide, a foot tall, a foot wide, and and it'll have eight to ten items in there. Okay. Now, you try them on. If you don't like them, they put a FedEx envelope, you stuff it back in the envelope, you send it back to them, they don't <laughs> charge you for it. If you like it, you get to keep it. And you get billed for it. And you get billed for it. Nice. It's okay. It's a great deal. This is, I, I did it for work clothes because I hate shopping. Ugh. We're hey, guys, of course we men hate, hate shopping. shopping, and it's not just men. So I'll show you here while we're at the disclosed location of the studios. They have different types of inspirations. Okay, like yeah. Um, I just did the Winter Essentials trunk here recently. Yeah, where I got a, I got like a sweater, I got a, a jacket, a pair of boots, a couple a stocking cap, a couple different shirts. Mm-hmm. Of the ten items, I think I kept seven. Okay, and if you and you can even be on the app. And there's a part where you can go in and say those sort of pictures, and you can say thumbs up, thumbs down. It helps the shopper pick out items for you. They fit your taste yeah. and your style You're, and your fit. So if okay. you don't like certain colors, I don't wear red. I don't wear orange. So I made sure I don't want those colors. Gotcha. You know, I got my sizes. For a big man, you know, I'm, an, I'm a big guy. You're a big guy. You know, sometimes sizes can be hard. They can get you hooked up. Yeah, that'll, that'll And you know how some clothes, like... A 2X in some places is like a tent sometimes, but a 3X is too small in some places. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. I've had the 2X be too big yeah. and a 2X be like a large. Yeah. You never so know because never the, know. Ma- the, the manufacturers are non-standard. Yeah. The personal shopper knows. Yeah. They know what fits. Do you like things slim fit? Do you like... I think when you go through as you get older, your body changes a little bit or yeah. you just get stagnant. We don't like to go shopping. And it's not just for Did me. Did you ever like going bow shopping uh, all I your life? I Look, so we're I, both wise. We both hate freaking yeah. clothes shopping. So I, we don't go to the mall and go clothes. We don't go to boutiques and go. It's, yeah. So, it is, that is just put a nail in my brain yeah. and put me out of the mood. So I, I, I got on Truck Club. I tried it out for Peyton, my son, first. You mm-hmm. know Peyton. I, mean, yeah. I say Peyton's the listeners now, but my son, your guy's son. Uh, that's why you're Uncle Rico, for people who don't know. Um, so I tried it for him first. It was great. And it gives you a lot of different stuff. And you can 
you can pick out some of the trunks they have. They'll put different sizes, different colors, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or you can just leave it open and say, hey, what do you want? And you can do it every month, every three months. You can, you can send the whole thing back if you don't like it. You do get a discount the more items you keep. Okay. So like if you keep yeah. all 10 items. Buy two, get 10. Buy, yeah, buy, you buy, buy, you buy five, five, you get, you get a little like 30% bit more. Yeah. Off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that a lot. And so like it's nice for us. We got two of us. You know, Peyton's not much smaller than I am. So he's actually bigger in some some ways. Um, I can, if something doesn't fit him, it'll fit me or vice versa. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we'll use it that way. Um, women love it too, especially now, people who work from home. Yeah, I was going to say, this sounds like a really good idea because I'm looking yeah. at my closet from two years of COVID and I'm uh-huh. like, I don't have yeah. anything new in here. And what I got, especially like the casual clothes. Yeah. I'm wearing the hell out of that. Like, that's like, yeah. I need it's some a, replacements because, you know, not going to work every day, not going out every day because of yeah. COVID and lockdown and things like that. The the, the home clothes, just T-shirts and yeah. things, they're, they're, I'm wearing all that out. And yeah. you can get casual stuff on here. It's great. Yeah. Stuff for date night, stuff for, you know, the, yeah. the weekend get around stuff. They got it for you. Um, man, try it out. If you, need to read for you, if you or anybody listening needs to refresh your wardrobe, Check out Trump. I'm going to be. Use I, the link. I in, do need a little refresh. Use the link in the show notes. You'll save $50 off your first trunk. Um, and it helps us out because we want to support people who support us. So uh, give that a shout and a try. We really do appreciate it. And we appreciate everything Trump Club does. Um, I use it. I like it a lot. Uh, and you know what? I, I was talking to, we got a couple of ladies who listen who both, actually one texted me, one emailed me. Say they love it because they've been at home. Through COVID with work, sure, yeah, and they're about to go back to the office. Yes, lock. You know, there are a lot of places the lockdowns are lifting, yep. the mask mandates are lifting. Yeah, so uh, you know, and hopefully that goes well. Yeah, hopefully so, that goes well. Yeah, because honestly, everyone's sick of it. Yeah. Whatever your position on whatever situation yeah. of all of this goes, at the end of the day, remember that everyone is god awful sick of this. Yeah, nobody yeah. wants to keep doing it. Yeah, we just. Keep pushing. Yeah, okay. and what we've seen is I had both of them told me, they said, man, this was great because we got stuff. And then what they did instead of, like, I get mine, I get it about every other month now. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll put, I got it down for monthly, but I skip one once in a while. Sure. Um, but they were told me, they said, we went from quarterly to monthly because we wanted to refresh a couple times. Yeah. And, and none of us like to go shopping. I mean, nobody, nobody likes to go shopping. I mean, it's, yeah. So check out Trunk Club, brother. Cool. I, I'm definitely going to be doing that because I right. do need a refresh. Yeah, so check out the show notes on it. I'll get you squared away. All right, so okay, huge thanks to you for coming in today. Right. Uncle Rico. Always man. a pleasure. Man. It's always fun to have you on. I'm so glad to have you today. And we'll, uh, uh, People have been asking. We'll get back to interviews shortly. The Monday pod, I said after football season was over, I'd get back to interviews. I've got two or three scheduled. We had a couple cancels or at least delays. And so we'll back back to Monday interviews here. Mm-hmm. Probably first part of March. We're going to get there sooner than later. So we'll have those going. Uh, I want to thank Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox. If you're not checking out the Jones Report, Tyler Jones and Tom Bridges, uh, same place you got this podcast, check them out. Uh, Tyler's great. I think he really knows his stuff when it comes to sports. And then Thomas Bridges is one of the funniest people, just almost unapologetically and strangely funny at the same time. I think you'll enjoy that. So thanks to Tom. Thanks to Tyler. Check out Tyler's podcast, Him and Tom. Uh, importantly, I want to thank you, the listener. Thank you so much for joining us. We know we went long today, and I really do appreciate you guys hanging in there with us. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed it. 
Don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Look, we're on Spotify, but here's my goal on Spotify. I need a better average ranking than Joe Rogan. Get me there, I'll stay on Spotify. Um, anywhere you get your podcast, you'll find our podcast. We appreciate every five-star review. Give us less than five stars, but I know we're your hater. Um, until next time, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great week. Remember, your time tokens are non-refundable. We'll see you Friday on the point five. Take care.